What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart, and welcome to our YouTube viewers over on New Generation Media, who are getting the first part of this podcast where we talk about the Avengers Endgame trailer. I'm excited to do this podcast as always. I'm joined by my co-host Shamari, who's in studio, and Kendall is here via remote over in Philadelphia. So you'll be hearing from him in a second, but I want to bring in Shamari first. Obviously, this is a big week in regards to uh, superhero trailers. We had, of course, the monster trailer with uh, Avengers. We had a Captain Marvel trailer as well, and we had even details about a Spider-Man trailer that we thought we were going to get this week, but ended up getting pushed back. Yeah, that one got pushed back, but I don't mind because we got so much this week. Right. I mean, we got that that you know fire Captain Marvel trailer, which was the second trailer. So that's like the last, probably the last big trailer we're going to see before the movie comes out. And we got the first teaser for Avengers, you know, Avengers Endgame, which we now have the the trailer and the title drop, which is almost as big as the trailer, <laughs> which is strange. But um, but yeah, this is a huge week, so I'm really excited to talk about it. All right, like I said, Kendall's with us as well. So, Kendall, um, uh, thank you for joining us here, even though you're not here with us on, in, in studio. Um, yeah. Excited to have you on, Kendall. What, what do you got? To, what are you excited to talk about this week? Yeah, uh, yeah I'm here in spirit. Uh, hopefully you uh, put one of those little, uh, you know, pictures of me, you know, every time I talk, you know, this is on the phone, Kendall Stewart. No, um, yeah, we'll figure something out with that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, this Avengers 4 trailer, there's a lot of speculation on when it was going to come out. I mean, we've, talk, we've been talking about it for about a month now um, on the exact date. And look, the people at uh, Super Bro Movies and MCU Cosmic, not huge outlets in the industry, not huge outlets in Hollywood, they were the guys that nailed down this trailer date so we got to give them credit for that so um jeremy conrad daniel rpk these guys they uh they didn't they didn't sell a short they even said we were getting a spider-man trailer on the day that it was released not released but unveiled so clearly their sources are somewhat correct even if we didn't get a spider-man trailer to the masses so uh excited to talk about this avengers trail because that's gonna be huge yeah, shout out to those guys. Shout out to independent media. We're independent media, yep. so definitely shout out to the MCU Cosmic, uh, Super Movie Bro uh, people who were able to get those uh, scoops on on the on the trailer dates. Turned out to be pretty much completely accurate, especially in regards to Avengers. So we're going to begin the show, of course, talking about the Avengers Endgame trailer, our first trailer. I don't know if there's ever been for the superhero movie stuff that we've been following since we've been doing this podcast. If there's been more. Like frustration, anticipation, at times it was felt like rage from some people on social media uh, about the release of a trailer, of mm-hmm. when it was going to happen, why it was taking so long. Um, we're getting it in December, and that is pretty close to a, to a for a movie that's coming out in April for it to be a first trailer. I, to me, I, the only movie I think of recently that had this long of a time between release date and trailer first first trailer release was... Logan, which we talked about often on our show about was that movie even happening, what was going on. Right. Um, but we finally got it. Uh, it's it's a very interesting trailer. The trailer is is very dark in tone. It's a very doom and gloom trailer. It kind of sets the the stage of what the world is like now that Thanos has indeed won after what we saw from Avengers: <laughs> Infinity War. 
And I, I should, before I even continue, say, of course, if you have not seen the trailer, I don't know how you have not seen the trailer at this point, but if you have not seen the trailer and you don't want to be spoiled, then this is probably not the part of the podcast you want to listen to because we're going to talk about this trailer in depth here. But um, but this trailer really sets the world, sets the sets the setting for what the world is like now that Thanos is gone. We see um, at the beginning Tony Stark pretty much in a, in a really desperate state. He's floating out in the middle of space, no food, no water, oxygen's going soon. Pretty much sending his last meshes to Pepper through his uh, through his Iron Man helmet. Uh, it's pretty pretty tough to see. You know, this is a guy that we all that you know. This is Marvel Studios ten years. He started all of this, and then to see him in in this movie. And this trailer start off in such a, a dire strait. Um, it doesn't look very, very positive for him moving forward. And then the rest of the uh, heroes are also down on their luck. We see Tony, uh, Steve Rogers in tears about losing his friends. Um, um, you know, we, we see him and Natasha kind of going over the fact that, you know, they, they, they failed in their efforts to try to, to, try to uh, uh, stop Thanos. So a lot to take away from this trailer. Shamar, I want to get yeah. your, your, your input here. What did you think of the Avengers Endgame trailer? Uh, I thought it was great. You know, I, I think it was very much a teaser. Mm-hmm. Didn't show that much. Showed very little. Um, but I think it, what they wanted to do was set the tone of the at least the beginning of the movie. I think that's what we got from the from this trailer, was that this is what the tone is going to be when this movie starts. You know, we lost... You know, Tony's in trouble because he's not even on Earth. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and it's just a bad situation all around. And uh, they have to come up with some kind of plan to fix it. And these are the people that are in the movie. You know, so, and it's Avengers Endgame. That's basically all, what we got from the trailer. But I thought it was well cut. You know, everyone looks great. You know, of course, you barely, you don't see much because they don't show much. They just show <laughs> shots of people. But, you know, they look good in their roles. And it is, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, it's, it did its job in that it has me excited for the movie, you know. Now it's just, I see this trailer, now I'm like, all right, when's the, when's the second trailer coming out? Because I want to see more, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's how they get you. Kendall, what did you make of the Avengers Endgame trailer? Do you like the trailer? Do you like the title, Endgame? What, what were your first impressions of it? Well, yeah, obviously there was a lot of speculation on, I mean, it was, all the speculation basically was on the title, what the title was going to be. But even beyond what the title was going to be, how would they deal with the release of the title? Because we had gone, obviously, a very long time without a title. And the speculation was, are they going to unveil the title with the trailer? Because that's almost never been done before, uh, at least for movies of this magnitude in this era, where we don't know the title of a movie before the trailer is released. And that... To my knowledge, this may have been the first time this happened, where they were just like, "No," even the the video is just Marvel Studios Avengers, and then you see the title at the end. I was confused. I was like, "Are we really just calling this Avengers again?" Yeah. (laughs) At first, I was like, "Wow, it's just no." Oh, that's that's uh. I knew we were gonna get a title when they did it. I just didn't. I it it took a long time for it to develop, but eventually we did get it. (sighs) That's all. Endgame. All right, that makes sense. But uh. Now, see, whenever something like this happens, I, you know, I always go back to the people that claim they had their sources that said it was annihilation, without a doubt. Now I know those people, Certainly. their sources. I don't, I'm not saying they have no sources, but <laughs> their sources are shaky. You know, if you said it was annihilation. But, um, yeah, no, the trailer, I told you guys beforehand, I had to watch it again because I only watched that trailer one time because 
that's not something I could watch like four or five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. You know, there's some trailers like the Infinity War trailer. I watched that one like at least fifty, probably fifty plus times, like over the span <laughs> of like up until now. But even like in the first week, I probably watched that. I probably watched it ten plus times, plus different parodies of it. It's a great trailer, obviously. But um, this one, it's very. I mean, obviously, like you said, it's doom and gloom, but it's very bare in terms of like what's in it. They don't show you much. They don't tell you much. It's kind of just a rehash of what happened in Infinity War and where we're kind of left off. Um, and that's honestly that's the only thing you can do without spoiling anything or without like giving away plot detail that they don't want to give away at this stage. So, yeah, I mean, I, they did the job. Um, but overall, I thought it was a very good trailer for what they were trying to do. Yeah, I mean, to, to me, I, I thought that this was not a trailer that they could give us a lot on. You know, a first trailer for a movie that ends on such a uh, crazy cliffhanger. I don't know if that's a movie I want to now see. Okay, what's how are they going to fix all this? Where are the fight scenes and stuff? I think this is a trailer where you kind of do have to set the mood for what the ramifications were for what happened. I mean, they made one of the more ambitious, drastic changes to their universe that they've ever done in any of their movies with how they finished the last last one. So I think it was good, smart for them not to give us so much kind of just set the tone of what the adventure will be and i think they kind of ended it smart by having ant-man come in out of nowhere as like we know he's a comedic character he's the only bit of humor in any of that uh trailer i think it was smart for him to kind of come in late with kind of like that almost to be that glimmer of hope like i kind of said in our in our youtube video that i did on my own when i was in new york that like you know you see the trailers it's all negative everything's terrible Steve is talking about a plan that we're not quite sure what that is yet. Um, that if it doesn't work, then they're definitely screwed. So it, it's a very, very pessimistic trailer. And for Ant-Man to come in, you know, seemingly having some very important information that can maybe change the landscape of things. I, I thought his insertion at the end was possibly going to be... I think that his, he's probably going to be the beginning of the next trailer. So whatever his situation is, I think that they'll probably start the next trailer with him maybe kind of explaining something in regards to the plot. We didn't get much plot here. We don't know how they're going to attack Thanos. We don't know, um, really, we know the world's in a bad state, but we don't really know beyond just the heroes how what the ramifications were for what uh, what uh, Thanos did. We just know that Parker is missing. We learned that Suri's missing. That was something that we were not expecting because of what we heard from uh, the director saying that she survived the snap. It appears maybe she did not, or is she on the run? Uh, you know, who knows? Did this- they didn't say that she survived it, right? They just said we couldn't say because it's a spoiler. I thought they said she did, but I, and I see other I remember because other people we say that she at did. the time. We were like, "Well, if it's a spoiler, then she can't be probably not dead." Because some people they were they were just like, "Oh, they're dead, they're dead." But with Shuri, it was like, "Oh, we can't say it's a spoiler." So we were like, "Oh, so I that could be." It. I know I've seen people on Twitter say that they they said she did, but I have to double check that. Yeah, to my knowledge, I feel like uh, the Shuri. Uh, Easter egg that was dropped in the trailer uh, that we picked up on uh, was probably about the only thing we really learned in this trailer. Um, there's that, and then you could also throw in the Hawkeye uh, kind of Ronin reveal, uh, considering we had kind of already known about it. You know, there were leaked images, you know, concept art, so like we were very much expecting it, but we hadn't gotten official word from Marvel about it yet until this trailer. So 
there's also that there's also that to look at. Shamar, what what did you make of the Ronan reveal? That was something that had been talked about a lot over the last two or three years, really. Right. Uh, this was our first official introduction to him. I'm sure for a lot of people who don't aren't familiar with the character, they probably were like, what the heck is he wearing or has been following the news? But that was something that we were expecting to see and we got mm-hmm. it in this trailer. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good reveal. You know, I think that, you know, like you were saying, we've been hearing about Ronan and, you know, we had seen his costume even in these leaked photos of him walking around in a Ronin costume. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, but it's, it's, it's nice to have seen him in the trailer. I think it's good. I think for a lot of people that, you know, aren't like us and they don't follow all these stories, yeah. they're probably wondering what happened to him or wondering where he was. So I think that this... It looked um, he was in Japan in that in that. Yeah, trailer. it did. It definitely very much did, which is cool. So I'm interested to learn more about that as well. Um, I think it'll bring some much-needed life to the Hawkeye character in this uh, in the MCU, basically, in the Avengers. Um, you know, another thing I wanted to note is the lack of Captain Marvel mm, yeah. in this trailer. There was a lack of a lot in this trailer. Like I said, there wasn't much in the, in the actual trailer. But, you know, they, they, Captain Marvel was noticeably absent. Yeah. Um, so why do you guys think that is? Yeah, I mean, the Captain Marvel thing was a, a little surprising to me. Someone made a good point. I was talking to a friend at work, and she mentioned that, you know, we had just seen Captain Marvel Monday. <laughs> right. So would that have been kind of weird to have a trailer for one movie and then have her in another mm-hmm. movie? We don't even know what that first movie, right. like how that's all going to shake out. So that was a, a fair point. That made sense. I don't. I think eventually we'll see her in a trailer, but maybe for trailers that were being released so soon, close to each other, that might not have made sense. Um, my my impression, I think that she's gonna be the person that saves Tony. Mm. I think that she's gonna come from out of space, and she's gonna get him out of that predicament that he's in. I've seen some people make the case that Tony's gonna die in that in that scene in those like that's his end. That just seems. Terrible. I I don't know. I just Mm -hmm. feel like that would be like the worst way for like a great character to go. I mean, it would be realistic, but I mean, like, I feel like he deserves better than that. What what Robert Downey has given to Marvel, just be killed off, floating out in space. That's not his story is not going to end that way. Um, But I think it speaks to like how well a job they did in regards to making that situation seem as desperate as it was. To point where some people were like, ah, he's not making it. That's it. You know, right? You know, Gamora's there. She's gonna survive because she's robot, so she doesn't need oxygen. Nebula, Nebula I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, Nebula's gonna survive because she's robot. It doesn't matter with her, but with uh, but Tony, yeah, that's just that's his end. I, I don't necessarily buy that, but I think that Captain Marvel, um, it was strategic by them. I think it was a good point by my friend. I think I agree. That might have been overkill to have her now in this trailer often. I also feel like, I still feel like she's the Calvary. I know they kind of painted this this uh this trailer with, like, Ant-Man being the cavalry, but I think that's kind of, like, their misdirection because everyone's expecting Captain Marvel to come in. Now, here, at least, it creates some questions. I still think she's going to be the person that takes out Thanos. Yeah, I think I definitely think that that's possible. Um, I think it's going to be a combination of both because I think Ant-Man kind of brings that whole quantum realm yeah. knowledge with him. I think that's going to be invaluable also. Yeah, I think he probably... If those people who flew, floated away into dust are in the soul world, which has been speculated, then I think he, he, he may be going there to say, hey, your friends are not dead. Like, they're alive. 
but we need to save them because of whatever the situation is. I don't know, Kendall. What did you make about the uh, omission of Captain Marvel and and also the inclusion of Ant Man uh, and what he he's going to bring to the table? Yeah, I mean, I, I it's not a coincidence that Captain Marvel was not featured in this trailer, uh, considering her movie's coming out and uh, the trailer to her movie dropped, you know, a couple days prior uh, or earlier in the week. So. Um, I it, it I feel like just from a marketing perspective, I don't think they wanted to double down on that Captain Marvel character because uh, there are some people that won't realize Captain Marvel is going to be in Infinity or in Endgame, you know. So like, yeah, whether or not they really want that mystery, or I don't know if they're gonna before Captain Marvel comes out, like officially, like you know, unveil her in the marketing for Endgame. Um, as a way to boost the Captain Marvel box office a little bit, um, that that seems like that would be the smart thing to do. Uh, but at the same time, maybe they feel like just from a story perspective, they would prefer if they allow Captain Marvel to get a chance to do to tell her own story before she is then really thrust into the Infinity the, the Infinity War. Keep saying Infinity War. The the End Game battle. Um, because for all we know, the ending of, and I think we all kind of expect, similar to Captain America, that the ending of Captain Marvel will probably directly tie into what's happening in Endgame, so. Yeah, especially because of the, the proximity of the movies being a month, now a month, pretty much a month apart from each other, a month and a half apart from each other. Um, Exactly. That would make sense that if it did go lead directly into a, um, uh, a Captain Marvel appearance, uh, into a, a move into the Avengers uh, Endgame situation. We 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 saw very little of Thanos in this. The shot we see of him is him walking in a garden uh, with the Infinity Gauntlet. He's not wearing his uniform. His uniform is hanging up like a scarecrow, which is a really dope uh, play on what he actually did in the comic books. The Infinity Gauntlet comic, he hangs up his, his armor as a scarecrow. And to see him do that in a similar way in the movie was really awesome. At first, I thought at first I, I said it in the um I said it in, in the video. I thought it was almost like a statue. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, is that the statue that re- that's replacing Wakanda's Black Panther statue? Which would have made sense. He ended he ended the world essentially in Wakanda. It would make sense that he if he would have made that place his new hub or his new home. It has vibranium. You know, it has high end technology. And he very well could be there. Who knows? I, I've heard people say maybe he's on a whole different planet. But um, but I thought that was pretty. That's a pretty awesome stunt. I saw someone tweet Kendall uh, and Sham that uh, him hanging up his his armor like that was like uh, like uh, him like posting fifty on 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 LeBron and then ha- hanging up his jersey in the rafters. <laughs> <laughs> I saw side by side shots of like uh, Jordan's twenty three hanging up in the United Center and Thanos is uh Thanos is armor. That's crazy. Hang, hanging up wherever he is in Wakanda or some other planet. Well, uh, that was a pretty crazy shot. I, to me, that was almost one. That might have been the best shot of the trailer to me. Because, like, what a way to, like, establish who, run th- who runs things in this new in this new world. Then having Thanos literally posted up his armor like that. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I think so as well. You know, that's that was definitely a really good shot. It was just very, uh, it's kind of chilling. Yeah. You know, considering what he just did. And um, I'm just wondering where that is. 
Cause it's just like yeah, gra- I'm curious. It's just a like grassy this. plain, but that could be anywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm curious about it. Kendall, what did you make of Thanos' uh, appearance here? Yeah, or like you said, life thereof. You know, he doesn't make a huge impact in the trailer, but also I think that's kind of intentional. Uh, like Thanos will play. I mean, obviously he's gonna play a big role in this movie, but like he, he kind of already did what he wanted to do, and he did what he had to do. So I don't think we're gonna get like. I I don't think we'll get as much Thanos as we got in the last movie. Um, I think this movie will be a lot more of like. The Avengers, the original Avengers doing what they have to do to, you know, stop Thanos and stop what's already happened and reverse what's ever happened. But, like, at this point, what else is there to show with Thanos or what else is there to to discuss besides whatever, you know, universe that he was looking to create, whatever universe he ended up creating? So, you know, in this trailer, I think this trailer will ultimately kind of reflect Thanos' uh, not his entire role in the movie, but some of what his role in the movie will be, which will be, uh, I think, a little more limited than it was in Infinity War. I mean, Infinity War, a lot of people looked at that as, like, almost a Thanos movie. You know, that's how right. much backstory we got. That's how much the movie was kind of told from his point of view. But that, I think that will change a lot in this next movie. Yeah, that that's that's something that the Russos um, said, that, that Infinity War... Is, is 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 like a Thanos movie in their eyes. Um, right. I saw someone saying that they thought they 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 tangled with the idea of possibly having Thanos narrate the trailer, which would have been very fascinating considering how mm-hmm. they told it. Because this, tra- this trailer has no narration. It's 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 almost all like it has narration, but like it's almost all like you have a scene with Tony Stark. Then a lot of it is like exposition from actual scenes. It's not like right. him, not like someone going on some monologue. So that's a that's like surprising, like how they could even got to like having one idea of Thanos narrating, kind of like similar to me of probably what we saw from the Age of Ultron trailer with Ultron narrating, which mm-hmm. was awesome. Um, where, but that was that was a scene, but it worked with like the other shots that they put together and making it him basically telling the story of the trailer, which I think the first was the first one for um, Ultron. They decided not to do that for for this, but I think that could have also uh, worked as well. Right. But yeah, another thing that I actually, uh, uh, that I think is, uh, well, actually, first to note on what you said, Thanos narrated the first Infinity War trailer. Yes. Um, yeah, which, he did. Which I think, uh, I think that that may also say something about what we're, what we should expect from this movie. Because mm-hmm. like Kendall said, Infinity War was a Thanos movie. It was Thanos' story. So I'm wondering if Avengers 4 is going to be kind of like that. Um, I kind of hope it isn't, which goes into what I was, uh, I was going to say, which is I would hope that this movie is like I want. Of course, I want a lot of action in it. I always want a lot of action in all yeah. these movies. But um, I also <laughs> leave T'Challa alone, yeah, man. He's already had I enough. I can't touch Wakanda. <laughs> yeah, yeah this, this might be dust in a couple of seconds, man. Um, but yeah. Um, I kind of want this movie to be more focused on how they reverse the snap. Yeah. Whatever they do, whether it's time travel, quantum realm travel, whatever they got to do, I'm thinking we're gonna we're gonna see some craziness in this movie. Things are just gonna blow us away. So I'm kind of more interested in that part, and then getting other people like Captain Marvel involved and seeing how they interact, how she interacts with the other Avengers, mm-hmm. and how they kind of form this 
new Avengers team post phase uh, three. So whatever whatever this new Avengers team is going to be going forward, right? I feel like that's going to be established in this movie. Yeah, I think uh, it's funny because I, I remember when the Russos first talked about Infinity War. I don't know if it was the Russos. Maybe it was just people kind of whispering what the movie was like. But I think the Russos also said they described it as a heist movie. I, I don't know yeah. if you remember that. Yeah. Or I know if you remember that. I, I yeah. wouldn't des- I wouldn't describe it as that. To me, it's more like stopping a freight train or yeah. trying to. Yeah. Like, I, I get what they're saying. Like, oh, Thanos is going to these places to get these stones. But, re- like, it's not. he's not like, he, he's not like, oh, I'm going to have this underhanded way throwing his mustache. Yeah. Get, it's, he's just like punching people in the mouth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not no, it's no smoke and mirrors yeah, what he was no doing. He was yeah. just pulling up places and punching people in the mouth. Where I think that this movie actually will play out more like a heist movie than maybe what we, what was rumored about what Infinity War was going to be. I agree that I think that this movie can't be just them punching Daniels for two hours. One, they would lose that fight. Two, I don't know if that makes sense from a storytelling standpoint when that kind of was what we saw in the last movie. I think this next movie has to be more of, I think you're going to see more of, and I think it should be more of the idea of them kind of piecing together the plan to then actually execute it. I expect them to kind of have multiple steps of putting together the plan to then maybe in the third act then try to execute the plan against Thanos. I think they're going to hit other roadblocks along the way in crafting whatever they're trying to craft to then eventually take out Thanos in the end. But we're gonna, it's going to take us a while to get there. So I expect that the hikes element may be more prevalent in this movie with them trying to, you know, put these pieces together and this plan to make sense. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb. So I'm going to make a connection with one of the latest um, CW episodes of The Flash. So if you haven't seen that episode, you may want to plug your ears. But... They were going back in time yeah. and facing different villains and stuff. I feel like you might see something similar with this. Mm. They may go back to Ultron. Wow. And they may wow. go back to, uh, you know, Ronin. Loki and... Loki and Ronin and Avengers... Ronin was Ronin Ronin was Guardians. But Loki will go back to Loki. Loki and the, and the, uh, and the Chitauri. And the Chitauri. And, like, they may... We, they may Washington, D.C. Yeah, they may go back to D.C. Mm. Germany. With Hydra. Yeah, I mean, that would be crazy. I haven't heard anyone come up with that theory, so that'd be a first yeah, time. So, I've heard so I'm thinking we may get something like that, even, you know, because all the stuff about time travel we've heard has been more related to what we saw in Infinity War, like them right. changing things about Infinity War. Every theory I've seen, that would be a, a a much larger type of time travel that we haven't seen yet. That would be pretty crazy. I don't know if I think no, that's gonna happen. If I think that's gonna happen, but that would be a crazy story. Right. If they if they went that route, what what do you think, Kendall, about where this movie's headed? Uh, well, like I said, I mean, it's definitely going to be a lot about the original Avengers squad, plus Captain Marvel. Uh, and I guess Nebula. We didn't see Rocket in this trailer at all. No, yeah, he's no he Rocket. survived. But yeah, he's around, so we'll 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 see what uh role what role he plays in this movie. But um, I do wonder uh. About like, we know there's a time travel element based off of set photos and things of that nature. Yeah. So, if if that's the case, I mean, they they didn't hint at it at all in this trailer. Um, but I mean, Captain Marvel takes place in the '90s. Not saying that she's necessarily a time traveler. You know, she could 
it's not age or things of that nature, but um, the fact that we're going to be going back to the Avengers, like Shamari said, uh, does make you wonder. And then we also have, we forget about, can't forget about the, you know, whole future Avengers potential with like right. yeah. Cassie Lane being in this movie. Yeah, we have some, yeah. Uh, Harley Keener reportedly being in this movie. Like, so where do those characters even come into play in this movie? Right now, they focus uh, primarily on uh, and solely on the whole Thanos uh, dust storyline, snap storyline. They haven't, I mean, they haven't hinted at Captain Marvel, haven't hinted at uh, time travel, and those are two things that we know almost for a fact will play major roles in this movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think you're right about that, Ken. I think we're, we're going to get that future element. And I mean, I think there's, I think there's just gonna be so much in this movie. Like, are we supposed to be getting like Pepper in our, her her Iron Man? Yeah, Pe- yeah, that's been. I don't know if it's been rumor or if it's ever been. Yeah, confirmed. I feel like I, I, from what I understood, it was like a rumor. Yeah, but I've heard yeah. rumor about Pepper getting in the suit. So I feel like we're, I feel like we're just gonna. There's just so much that we just don't know. And to, I mean, to me, you know, this trailer kind of told me that like. I really hope they don't just give out the goods. I, you know, I think this could be a very unique project where they don't tell you much of anything. I, I kind of hope all. I, I expect I, I expect to get more from Scott Lang, but after that, I don't really want much more from this these trailers. Like yeah. this is a movie that is it's so predicated on not knowing what what's gonna happen that I, I think that. You know, there was a jokes about, you know, what if they just didn't do a trailer? We talked about it last week. What if they just right. never did a trailer? And we just, I mean, would people not show up? Of course they would show up. Um, I, I hope that when they, as they move forward with their marketing campaign, that they don't decide to give out a lot. I hope that they, they really cut these trailers smart and, and making sure that pretty much no plot is given. You don't need it. The, the name Avengers and the actors that are in the movie that's all you need to sell tickets for this. They don't need this crazy marketing campaign. They don't need a Suicide Squad marketing campaign where you right. see the entire movie and every trailer you see in order for this to sell. So I think they have an opportunity to really show us almost nothing and still get me to the movie theater. I hope they take it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, same. I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there that are like that are just no trailer people. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to watch any yeah. trailers or any promotional material, nothing. I just want to go to the movie, which I can't do that. But um, I could try that, and I would fail, like, yeah, in a day. I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> or I don't even in, like, five it. hours. I'd be like, no, I can't do it. I got to watch it. Yeah, you know, especially with these movies. Like, um, But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, with, I'm with you. Like, I don't need to see that much. I just want to see, like, kind of like what we got in this trailer, but hopefully with just more characters in it. Yeah, just setting the stage of what, like, what is the tone of this movie going to be, and then just show me what you got. Yeah, uh, Ken, any last thoughts before we uh, move on here? Uh, yeah, I mean, I do think the next trailer that we see is going to be uh, I think it's gonna be wild. Um, you, th- you think there's gonna be more to it than yeah, like than what we're yeah, seeing. I was thinking. I, they will get Captain Marvel because this movie, at the end of the day, it's, it's trying to make money. You know, yeah. it's like uh, I forgot what other movie. Oh well, I think was it Civil War? We kept talking about are they even going to show Spider Man or are they going to wait? 
Yeah. <laughs> they're gonna show fighting. Yeah, you're right about they're that just, one. They want they want to make money. You know, they're not stupid. So, you know, I feel like they're gonna show Captain Marvel. You know, they're gonna. They, I don't know if they're gonna spoil the whole time travel. I mean, I don't say it's a spoiler. Maybe it's a spoiler, depending on how much you read into the stuff. But I don't know if they're gonna really delve into the time travel aspect or things of that nature. But like, if there are certain characters in this movie, they're not gonna shy away from. Now, I don't think they'll show you Spider Man or like Black Panther. Like the character is supposed to be dead, we won't see anything of. But uh, someone like Captain Marvel, I do expect to see in the next trailer fairly prominently. Uh, and I think we'll see a lot more action sequences in the next trailer as well. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. I mean, that's what's crazy about this is that it could really go either way. Marvel really has everyone on their heels in regards to how they're going to play this. We all know it's got to get fixed in some way. I, for one, think that the way the, the Avengers Lego logo came out in the reveal of the title and how, if you notice, the A, even though it comes together from the dust particles that were separated, it's not complete. It's broken. It has holes in it. I think that's uh, indicative of what that Marvel world's going to be like. I think that there's going to be a reset, so to speak, after this movie that's going to kind of reset the world. So I, I think that it, it brings excitement because we talk about what's going to be in trailers. You don't really know because the storyline, I, I think, can end up being very dra- very drastically changed by the time we're all said and done with Avengers Endgame. But we all enjoyed this trailer. Or we're looking forward to seeing uh, how it all uh, shakes out. Uh, it was not only uh, the Avengers trailer we got. We got a Captain Marvel trailer as well this week. So it was a, a massive week in regards to trailers. We thought we were getting a Spider-Man trailer. That ended up not happening. There is a description of that trailer out on social media but um but we did get the captain marvel trailer it was happening on monday night football so we're about a week removed but that trailer had a huge impact as well um i was happy because this week we finally we got to see once again an old lady get snuffed (laughs) in like the first two seconds of the trailer uh we had the discussion last week i was like i wonder if there's gonna be an old lady get punched in the face like we had last time which was like one of the moments that jarred a lot of people from um from from that first trailer and that was like one of the first things they 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 established in this one uh but they did it to kind of establish the scrolls uh, and, and we hear a little bit more about the scrolls we see them a little bit in this trailer but they still haven't been given quite the amount of justice that they perhaps would deserve um but uh Shamar, what would you make of what we saw in the second trailer for Captain Marvel I li- I I liked what we saw in mm-hmm. the second trailer um I mean, of course, he had the money shot. The money shots at the end, you know, those money shots. Her flying through space. Her flying through space, that destroying was... ships like it's nothing. It's funny we had another thing about will we see her in the helmet yeah. with the blue and red suit, and sure enough, we did. I mean, it's yeah. a great shot. So, and that looks like that is the Captain Marvel that we're gonna see in the mo- in this movie, which is awesome. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, I. You know, I like her origin, the origin that they showed, um, and I think that's going to be really cool to see. I like that we're in space again. Uh, Marvel seems to be doing a lot of good things in space. Thor Ragnarok is great. Guardians has been great. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Captain Marvel. Though this seems good, seems like it's going to be more on a, a serious tone, but um, I don't doubt that it's going to be done well. And I mean, we got the scrolls. Not a lot of them, but, you know, I think I, we got enough for me for right now. And I think keeping what the, the scrolls can do a secret for now can 
make the movie that more that much more impactful and that much more epic. I think one of the big things Kendall we saw from this trailer was uh Carol and the kind of struggle she's having with kind of piecing together who she is. There are moments where she's very sure of herself where she's like I'm part of this uh, of the Cree I'm a Cree and I'm part of this group. They saved me and now I'm here to fight these squirrels who are the bad guys. But as the trailer goes on, we hear about her, you know, brain being altered, we see the shot of her mind being altered. You know, it, it tends that it, it suggests that there, Kendall, there's a larger conspiracy that she's going to be after in regards to her being and just who she is. Uh, did you get that same impression as well? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there's there there is going to be some sort of conspiracy around this uh, this story because um, it seems to be it's going to be on a bigger, a larger magnitude than probably any Marvel origin we've had I mean, besides maybe Doctor Strange and even Doctor Strange it was contained in its uh you know whatever dimension whatever realm it took place in fairly contained but this one will be uh this one I do not expect to be contained at all um uh I feel like this trailer showed us a lot of a lot, obviously a lot more shots than we got in the first one a lot more different settings, uh, a lot more backstory on uh, Carol Danvers' character. Um, you know, we got a shot of Jude Law. Um, in terms of the tone of the movie, I have heard there are some people that are concerned that, in terms of concerns for this film, that, that Captain Marvel may come off as a, as a Mary Sue type character. Like, like Ray did in Star Wars. <laughs> that's, there, there's a concern coming back to that again. Great. Yeah, yeah, that's what people were saying. You know, I, I'm, I don't, I don't care. Where are they <laughs> getting mean, that from? We don't even know what the story is. Yeah, we don't know the story, but the people were saying this, this, this movie screams very suit. So I don't know why. I wonder why. <laughs> like, where yeah, is that? that's <laughs> mad. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna call that out. To me, that's just mad. Se- that's just mad sexist. Uh, a woman yeah. character is the lead hero, and you're like Mary Sue, like. Yeah. You, you don't know what this movie. You haven't even seen the movie yet, fam. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I can't. I don't know. I mean, let's see. I mean, let's see what the movie is. You know, and if it's if it's about her being given powers, well, I mean, Captain America was just given his powers. Captain America, Gary Sue. Yeah, he, he kind of is. He was just given his powers. Superman, you know, doesn't, he didn't earn his powers. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I, I don't really understand that. <laughs> when it comes to the Mary Sue with Ray. I I tend to have similar kind of issues with. Like I have you a lot under, of issues with Force. You understand, yeah. But I get, I get, I understand that. You know, because it's like, okay, so these are skills that we know that people learned in Star Wars. How did she get those skills? It's like, okay, that's a discussion. Yeah. You know, but with this, it's like she was given superhuman powers, and it's like Mary Sue. And it's like, how is that a Mary Sue? But also, we don't even we don't know the we story. We don't even know what the story is. Like yet. maybe she was trained. Like I think she had to have some kind of training. She's part of this military task force. She's in the military oh, at some point. Yeah, so, exactly. Well, yeah, you can't, all the stuff that we hope that we would have learned about Ray and about her maybe having some background we don't she doesn't remember. We are seeing in this trailer. Right. So that's why that's why I said that to me like that's just sexist. You're just you see a woman movie with a woman who's strong and powerful and you're like, Mary Sue. Like yeah, now I, I thought you were one gonna one. say kind of what <laughs> the some of the I've seen is that Brie Larson's portrayal with her has been very dull. Um, that's the start I've seen is that she, she, her portrayal has been right. flat. 
and dull, and there's nothing exciting or interesting about her character. Yeah, and I mean, I could. It's too early, obviously, for me to. I don't like judging people's acting jobs off of trailers. That's. I mean, that's like. Yeah, it's a two hour, two and a half hour movie, and we talking about a two minute clip. Yeah, I mean, that's like some dude that like, you know. It's like watching some dudes like high school mixtape and saying like he ain't gonna make it. Oh yeah, he ain't, he ain't an NBA player. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I mean, he's projected to be an NBA player, and you're not you're not watching every single play that this yeah. guy is making. You say ah, but I ain't see a jump shot. So like, I don't know. Um, could she be? A, could she be a little less stiff? I mean, maybe, but those are the shots they're showing us. This this could end up being an excellent performance. Brie Larson is an Academy Award winning actress. Um, I have no reason to believe that that she would have a bad performance in what is uh, her biggest role ever. So, um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge I'm not gonna judge a book by its cover in this case. I see what people are saying. I'm not saying that their their concerns are unfounded, but it's premature in my eyes to uh make that assertion i think so too and i think that what i will say is it's you know as someone who's read carol really only through like my reading in avengers comic books carol is a little is a little stiff as a person like that's mm-hmm. kind of her thing too is that she's kind of stiff because she's military trained she's kind of a, a of a hard ass to some degree to for a lot of people but that's kind of part of who she is. So, I didn't see anything that the way Brie portrayed it in these trailers that wasn't, that didn't feel like Carol. I would say that maybe you just don't like Captain Marvel, which is fine. You could just not like the character. But she's not going to be a hoot of laughs. She's not a, like, super over-the-top emotional kind of person. That's just not the character that they've ever portrayed with her. I think it's kind of dope that she's like that because she's someone who's, who goes through her so much trials and tribulations over the course of her life in the Marvel Universe for her to still be kind of that stoic rock in the MC in the Marvel uh, comic book universe 616 is is crazy um, but I don't know I, I didn't get that um, that interpretation I saw some people complain about CGI I, I didn't get that either I, I feel like the CGI argument is starting to become like the go-to when you don't want to talk about when you want to talk about how you don't like a movie like, I'm hearing it for people who, who are saying it about don't want to see Aquaman. Aquaman. I'm hearing people say it for the few people that think that Black Panther is overrated. I've heard that brought up, the, the CGI being an issue. I'm like, what? Like, and, like, and, and look, to be fair, I, I mentioned that I thought the CGI in, Batman, in uh, Justice League was bad. One, I mean, Superman's mustache situation was obviously objectively bad. But I said even the shots like of that whole last act, I thought it, it could have been a lot better. And I just thought Steppenwolf didn't look good. And Steppenwolf didn't he look good. He looked like good. a clay But our but our our thing behind that, you're talking about a movie that's heavily heavy CGI. Whereas that's like correct. with like Captain Marvel and Black Panther, those are not heavy CGI movies. Yeah, there's a lot of CGI in it, right. but that's not like it's not a CGI fest. Like Iron yeah. I, like Aquaman, yes, that's a CGI fest. So, like, I can understand some of the arguments, but I just feel like people are using that as a crutch now. It's like, Avengers Infinity War, mad CGI. They had a CGI character. No one said anything about CGI being an issue. 
Spider-Man is, is in, when he they're on Titan, he's flying through all different kinds of crazy stuff on a plan that doesn't exist, and no one's talking about CGI. Now I'm hearing it about Captain Marvel. I'm hearing it like it's just it's nonsense. I I'm almost almost 100 percent inclined to like ignore people who claim about CGI anymore. Because most of the time, it's not founded. I don't see how... I mean, did you guys see anything wrong with CGI in this in this one? I thought the last shot I thought looked great. It's CGI, but she's in space. What do you expect her to look like? Right. And that's what it kind of has to look like if you're going to tell a Captain Marvel story that's true to form. And everything else I thought looked great in terms of CGI, quote-unquote. Am I wrong on that? I thought it was fine. Yeah, I mean, it... it... Again, it's too early for me to fully, like, analyze that part. You know what I mean? I, I, again, it looked fine for me, really, from, from, for what we've seen so far, but there's still plenty of CGI to be, uh, judged. And CGI also is not finished. It's, it comes out in March, so they can right. touch, touch things up. So there's a lot of things to, uh, consider, but, so I don't, I, I, people like to, people like to dissect these movies based off of, you know, saying whether or not movies and acting jobs are good and bad, good or bad before the movie even comes out. Uh, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. The trailer is just a tease to get people to go see the movie. <laughs> this isn't about this isn't about judging. Now, if you want to say like I don't like the way they design this character, or I don't like the direction it seems and wish they're going with this character, that's fair. That's fair criticism to have based on the trailer. Uh, but like, or you just you didn't like the trailer. As the way they cut it, but I mean, people judging the acting performances and CGI, it's a little early for that, I think. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, it's, Sam Jackson's face is CGI; he looks great. <laughs> so I don't know. Again, I, I some of these some of these beefs I don't get. Um, the, like the stoic nature of Bree was the only one that I thought about for me. I was like, okay, I see what you guys are saying. I do think you're right, Kendall, in that two-minute clip, I think it's hard for me to slam someone's performance. And then I would say, I think she's doing a bit. I mean, she literally is an actress. And the bit is that Carol is military-trained, kind of stoic, kind of, that's kind of who she is. She shouldn't be over-the-top crazy emotions. And, like, I think she could do a I great job. I will see more emotion. Yes, uh, I agree. When we get to the Avengers. And I think you'll see more emotion in this, in this movie. I'm just saying, in two minutes, you might, you're not going to see that. Yeah, you know, because that's you shouldn't. Over the course of a two-hour movie, you're gonna get funny moments, great moments. You had a funny moment at the end with her telling Fury to get away from the cat. Like you're gonna have those moments. It's a Marvel movie, so I, I think people gotta chill a little bit uh, with that. I don't think this was the greatest trailer Marvel's ever done. I don't think it's I'm looking to say, oh, this was a classic. Like right. you know, the second one of either of the Civil War trailers or um, or the first Avengers Infinity War um, or like the second Avengers trailer. Now, there's some that you think about all the time. You're like, yeah, I'll never forget this trailer, you know. And all the first Spider-Man one. First Age of Ultron. First Age of Ultron. Like, isn't this isn't on that level, um, clearly. Or, or the, or you know, the first Black Panther. But it, it's still, I thought this was a good one. I, I liked it. I didn't, I didn't have the reservations that a lot of other people had. Um, speaking of uh, of anticipation for other movies, the Dark Phoenix X-Men cast... Uh, at least part of the cast were out in uh, Comic Con Brazil this weekend doing a promotion for that movie. Some interesting stuff was coming out of that. First, we got this very uh, cool poster that came out for the Dark Phoenix. It's a really uh, cool shot of what looks like a comic book. 
um, very much in like the the uh, you know R.I.P. Stan Lee style uh, with the 15 cent you know X Marvel symbol up in the uh, top left with uh, um, with Magneto and Charles Xavier's heads right next to uh, Phoenix as she's you know you know hair is flowing in the wind full Phoenix force. It's a really cool poster. I've never seen a poster, a movie poster done like this before. And of course, the you know the art, it looks like Sophie Turner. It looks like McAvoy and Fastbender. So it's a really dope, uh, it's really dope art. I mean, I think all the promotion art for this thing has been great. I thought the first Sophie Turner photo um, was great too, with the fire hair that I'm looking at right now. Um, so the art they've been they've been dope on. What content we've been very confused about what we're gonna get and scared about what we're gonna get. Uh, but one interesting tidbit come, came out of their appearance over in Brazil is that we learned that Kevin Feige reviewed the script for X Men Dark Phoenix. This was not news we knew about until this weekend, but as it turns out, he got to take a look at the script. I don't we don't know if he changed the script or if he had any power over the script. Yeah, but what was said was that he reviewed the tone and the script of the movie. So Yeah. I almost feel like even the fact that he, he reviewed the tone and they whoever pointed it out, whether it was Kimberg or whoever on stage made that detail, uh I feel like it's important. Yeah. Because I mean like Disney has a and Marvel Studios has a specific tone that they go for with their movies. Mm-hmm. At least typically. Uh, they've gone away. With, they went away with it with, with Infinity War and Endgame, but um, and, so uh, it does make you wonder if they want to fit. They want this movie to fit that tone, right? And what's sorry? One thing I would say, Shamari, before I let you go, is that this is a movie that's had massive reshoots. That's why this story is interesting to me. Interesting. Uh, it doesn't say when he reviewed the script, but I mean, it got pushed back. We think partially because of these reshoots, so. I hear we all speculated why they were doing all these reshoots. We get a pushback release date. Now, after it seems like the dust has settled and they're comfortable with moving forward with their promotion for the movie, we're hearing the guy from the other company watched our film. The guy that's taken over technically this property. That's a very fascinating thing that I, I, I keep going back to and wondering, could he have changed this movie drastically? And, and I think that's very possible. Um, well, well, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say that he was just like, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Just because, I don't know either. I'm asking yeah, questions. Just, yeah, but these because, are the questions I think we should be asking when right, I hear about this. Right. You know, um, and I recently watched an, 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 a, an interview from a while back of Feige talking about him his work on um uh his work on I believe it was like the X Men. The old uh, X-Men. Yeah, yeah, he worked on the first one. Yeah, and you know uh, this was when Stan recently after uh, Stanley recently passed and how you know, he was thinking about you know, how he was just when listening to him talk about the creation of that movie mm-hmm. and you know uh and he also talked about uh, you know Fantastic Four as well, right? Um, and these other these other movies. And he's talking about, and he just sounds like he, you could tell he's really he's really into this stuff. 
Oh, he yeah. is not just like a suit. <laughs> no, no, that's why you know, he's been so successful. Like he is really, and it's like someone like this. You know, he would want to be like, yeah, I want to say take a look at that. Yeah. You know, and I want to see um, what I can do with it. If this is something we can work with, if you know, and you know, possibly even should this should I kind of put my foot down and say, listen, I need this to be changed. For what for what our plans are going to be going forward, I need uh, major changes to, to be made to this movie, you know. And another thing about these changes that's interesting is since he's demanding these changes, or if well, if he's he's demanding these big changes to be made, does that imply that he wants to use these characters, like these right. versions of these characters? Like, why would he care? Like, why would he, he care if, he, he's if he's just going to reboot different. everything anyway? Yeah, you know. Or I mean, is he setting up some kind of reboot? Either way, it's kind of like he's doing something here. Well, Kendall, it goes back to the point that I made before. We talked about this months ago when the merger first happened. We first said, well, what happens with X-Men? How does Faye go about these movies, this, and New Mutants? And how do you even juxtapose with... How do you even get with moving forward with these properties that aren't his that will be under the Marvel umbrella by the time they come out? And I said that Faye could very well end up being that interim head coach, that, that that new head coach who sees the interim head coach still working the bowl season in college football and says, I'm the head coach going into next season. I can't take over because of the time purposes right now. I got to let them finish the season. But I'm going to still be involved with what they're doing because at the end of the day, these are could be my players. I can see who I want to get rid of, who I want to keep. Like It sounds like this could very well be what happened. And this also, I almost look at this and another analogy would be like, you have like an owner of like a company. I mean, this is, I mean, Disney literally bought Fox. So you just look at it that way. But like, or even like a sports analogy of like that same situation. You have a coach that is like, yeah, I don't really like, I don't know anything about defense. So I'm just going to leave the defensive coordinator here because I don't want to, have to hire a whole new defensive staff and like he may feel like Fox and like they don't know how to do Marvel movies, but he may not want to recast the entire X-Men and do that story all over again and feel like we're just rehashing a good group of characters that they already have. He may feel like, well, they already have an, an X-Men universe that I could probably tinker with enough to where, it fits into the MCU and he may feel like they already have the resources in place to do that now, which I mean, we talked about before we were like, is there a, is there a a way in which they just decide to keep McAvoy and Fassbender in that group? And it seemed unlikely because everyone wants them to reboot the X-Men into the MCU. But could this be an indication that maybe they just feel like, let's just keep it. I am. I'm sure there will be changes that will be made, but um, maybe this is the first time that Feige's like, I already have so much on my plate with the actual MCU that we already have currently. Um, and then Spider-Man's inclusion. Do I really not want to facilitate a, a brand new X-Men universe and a brand new Fantastic Four and a brand new Silver Surfer and Galactics and all these different characters are getting from Fox? It's probably easier to do it this way. Um, I still think we'll, we will get a full reboot, but this is also a scenario that we have to consider now. 
Yeah, I mean, I I think that I, I to me I I told you I think it behooves them to keep McAvoy and Fastbender. I think it behooves them to keep Sophie Turner. Uh, I like the young kid that plays Cyclops. Ty Sheridan's my guy, man. Yeah, great right. yeah, actor. Like I, they got talent. They they got they've had some terrible writers. I don't want to say the terrible writers. They had terrible writing, and they've had bad directing. I'm not saying with the people who have. I've liked Brian Singer's work in the past. Um, I've liked the writing that Kimberg and these guys have done in the past. So I'm not saying these are bad writers and bad directors, but they they have done a poor job with I think what I think is we've seen clearly a very talented cast, and Kimberg is a talented producer. Um, this is his first directing thing moment, so we'll see how he is as a director, but. This is, is a talented group, so I think that's if we're staying with the sports analogy, yes, there is a chance that you look at this talented group and say, okay, they didn't get it done under the last management, but maybe with me running the show, man, I'm not gonna change the whole landscape. Maybe I do need to just change the furniture a little bit, and the house looks a lot different. It's possible. It's very possible, and and I think that this story to me was very fascinating when uh, when I was alerted to the fact that they they uh, they admitted that he. He, he reviewed the script. I just don't see what value he would have in reviewing a script. Unless, That's weird. Unless yeah. he either was changing it or if he planned on keeping these people. Because hmm. we all we all talked about how like he probably didn't care anything about what was happening or yeah. this movie wouldn't happen at all. He just kiboshed it. Like, I mean, did George Lucas review the script for episode 8 before it came out? I mean, maybe he did, but like, there's also a good chance he didn't Look at it at all. That he just he went on set probably a couple days and watched the movie when they showed it to him. But George Lucas doesn't have to see the script for episode eight because he's got nothing to do with the movie. And as far as we know, Kevin Feige's got nothing to do with uh, Dark Phoenix, nothing to do with the production. But he's reviewing the script. That smells like you know he has some sort of power in what is said, what is done, and why. Why do they feel the need? For Kevin Feige, like what, what, could, what could Kevin Feige possibly axe out of a Dark Phoenix movie? Yeah, I mean, like, I... if they decided, like, oh, we're gonna use they, that Mister Sinister was gonna be teased in Dark Phoenix, and Kevin Feige was like, nah, we want to do that when we get the X Men, so don't put that at the end. I mean, that's something I could see, and that's like minor, but like possible, but it could be even more drastic, like EJ is suggesting. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, like, this is... I think this is one of those situations where there's clearly fire where there's smoke. And yeah. I think at... I think at the very least, um, Feige wanted to look at it to... Um, at the very least, they wanted his, like, blessing with regards to what they were doing. And that's like at the very least. At the worst, he was just like, "I want to see this and see what I want to cut out <laughs> or add to this movie." But at the very least, they were like, "Listen, you're gonna be since you're the one that's handling the superheroes now going forward with these characters. You know, this is what we're doing. What do you think? You know." Um, but it seems like that that could have there there could have been much more going on there. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, that's extremely possible with this it's it, this whole fox disney thing is, is a very strange situation um i did i did think it was interesting 
don't, I don't know if it was on purpose. We never know. But in this massive weekend we had with the Avengers drop and everyone talking about Avengers, we had Captain Marvel earlier in the week that the Fox people was split this in. <laughs> it's just like, because it did not reach my radar until we talked about it before the show. I didn't hear that this happened. But how how why would I hear this happen if I'm focused more on everything that has to do with Avengers the last three, four days? Like... I don't think I don't know if that that's an accident. It could be. It could just be coincidence. They're you know, hunt, you know, thousands of miles away, and you know, this is news that's kind of still circulating around. But I mean, there is a there is a benefit to Fox if you want to avoid splashy headlines about Marvel's influence on the last movie that you're making. There there is there is benefit to doing it on the weekend that Avengers trailer came out. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. It's, there's an obvious benefit to that. Whether or not they intended it to do it because they wanted that benefit, we don't know. But uh, but uh, it's 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 definitely something that uh, that that we'll keep an eye on, and it's a storyline that's gonna be interesting. It's like I feel like we're just waiting for that massive that massive headline eventually that's gonna come down the pike of like either Kendall saying for months that this movie is done, or that after the movie's out, oh. They decide to keep everyone, or that they decide to scrap. Everyone. It just feels like we're heading towards some massive news that we're just kind of just awaiting, and we're just getting these breadcrumbs every now and then—a a push, date push back here, a reshoot here. Now, if Feige reading the script here, it's like eventually he's going to get to some other bigger thing, whether it be the movie mm-hmm. being released and then learning about a bigger plan afterwards immediately, or it could be this movie never happening. Who knows? Uh, but Feige. Being that close to the production, when all we heard was that he wasn't doing anything until the I's were t- dotted and the T's were crossed, that is clearly not the case. If he's reading rumors groups, that's not the case. He is working on X Men stuff now. He, that's a lie. We know that now. And I'm not hating on that, saying, "Oh, you lied to us. How dare you?" I'm just saying that he, for maybe legally, whatever he was saying, things that were not true. If they're now saying that this is what's happening, right? Uh, Speaking of uh, Feige and Marvel, they got a lot to be proud of this week because we got to give them a round of applause for the Golden Globe nomination for Black Panther. It is the first time ever a superhero movie was nominated for Best uh, Drama in the Golden Globes for Drama Motion Picture. It's well-deserved. I said it at the time, the movie was a game-changer. Um... I'm happy that it got this award. I hope that it, 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 it paves the way for other superhero movies to be, you know, taken very seriously. Now, I've, had, I've heard the people, you know, the, the trolls who are upset that this movie got this thing. Saying, what about uh, Dark Knight and L. Logan? I would say, of course, those movies also got snubbed. <laughs> like, that doesn't mean that this also shouldn't have been nominated. Uh, it's, it's, it's a classic movie for you know, under every way you look at it to me and in a year that it seems like a year that was pretty weak in regards to what will be the golden globe oscar nominated films it was a perfect storm for a superhero movie that strong to get that recognition so i'm happy for it man so so again shout out to chadwick boseman shout out to michael b jordan to uh denia guerrera and shout out to peter nuango 
and Letitia Wright and and uh, and uh, the great director yeah, Ryan, Ryan Coogler. Yeah, shout out to Ryan Coogler. Who's a beast, and we we all understand that. Any, any quick thoughts on this before we move on, guys? You guys um, want to give any shout outs or any uh, thoughts about this? Shout out to Kendrick Lamar for the for the that, Black Panther soundtrack. That got nominated for a best album for a Grammy. So shout out to K Dot and TDE. They created that album. Black Panther. That whole thing is just a. You know, I wrote a, a piece about. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's up in the hub yet, but I wrote a piece about why I think that um, the the Dora Milaje should be the next series that Marvel develops on their Disney Plus app, and I feel like this week justified it. The the, the oh, that would be pretty wild. The Black Panther. Yeah. The, <laughs> funny, I'm bringing this up, and like this is something that could be talked about on the show, but it wasn't the show topic. But to me, the Black Panther brand is the hottest solo brand Marvel has by far. It is not even close. Captain Marvel could make things interesting after what March, whenever it comes out. We'll see how what the impact is after that, because we saw what Wonder Woman did for DC. Wonder Woman is the hottest brand for DC by far. So Captain Marvel could make that kind of impact. We got to see what the movie is. But today, as we speak. Grammy nomination, Oscar nomination, there's no debate. The money it came two hundred million in a weekend. This is the this is the by far the hottest solo brand that Marvel has. It's one of the hottest franchises in America. Period. <laughs> Just anything with the kind of movie it's grossed. It went over a hundred over one point three billion dollars worldwide. This is a phenomenon, Kendall. So I, it, the 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 Golden Globe nomination made sense, and that's why. I think if Marvel, if you're Marvel, you want to extend on that brand, how could you do that while we're waiting for Black Panther 2? Give us a story with the Dora Milaje. Denia Guerrero is used to being uh, a main character in a very popular series. She could handle the TV schedule. You don't need a massive budget to use these characters to, to highlight their things. And you could explore the world of Wakanda and Africa. There's, I feel there's no downside if they try to do something like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's an interesting, uh, interesting concept. We didn't bring up when uh, when I had asked before, like what other spinoffs should they think about doing? Or did we? No, we never brought uh, it up. Um, did we bring? Did we bring anything Black Panther? No, I don't, so. I don't think. I don't think we asked that question when we did it before. I don't think so. Maybe we did. Well, I asked. Before, I, like, oh, you did ask before. I asked. I probably asked a couple times. Like, what other Marvel shows would you like to see? Yeah, I mean, to me, I I came over this realization over the last week, but like that's that to me is the one. I said, what is the one that they definitely should do? I think that's a no brainer. So I think I think that would be cool. But shout out to Black Panther. Uh, the Golden Globe nomination is a big big deal. It's really awesome for superhero movies to get that kind of recognition when they have it, and hopefully this will you know pave the way for other superhero movies that deserve it. So when a movie like Logan comes out again, it'll get that recognition. And a movie like Dark Knight comes out again, it will get that recognition. And shout out to those movies. Because the Golden Globes heard it from us for years about the snubs that they had without those two movies. And even a movie like Winter Soldier, I would say, included in that conversation. So the fact that they heard those issues, and, and then as us being three black men, the issues of these award shows often... Not represent, not being representative of uh, what America is like and what the film world should be like with lack of representation of African Americans. This is awesome. So, shout out to Golden Globes. Shout out to Black Panther. 
Uh, they did a great job, and, and, and congrats on making history. Uh, the last story today before we get to our TV recaps for the week. Um, Plastic Man, guys. It's another story that we talked about in the past, or a prediction that we had about this movie being the mo- a movie that made sense for DC to come out with. Now we see DC is coming out with a Plastic Man movie, or at least they're trying to put something into development. They have, uh, this was a, a story from The Hollywood Reporter, uh, screenwriter Amanda Adarko, uh, Adoko, who I believe is kind of an up-and-coming uh, writer. She is uh, appending the script for um, the possibility of, of creating a movie starring Plastic Man, who was one of the oldest superheroes that we kind of have in our medium. It's a We did a whole YouTube video, one of the first videos we did on like who should be movie characters that DC or the comic character DC looks into making or any DC or Marvel looks into making and Plastic Man came up for one of us I don't know which one of us had it I thought I did but it could have been one of you guys and uh, we could be closer to like to seeing this Sharon are you down for a Plastic Man movie um I'm down I mean, of course, it's going to be, like, super CGI heavy. And, um, you know, uh, it's going to be... I'm, I'm, when I think of a Plastic Man movie, I think of uh, the Mr. Fantastic that we saw in the Fantastic Four movies. Yeah. Uh, the ones that are, like, somewhat decent <laughs> or okay. Yeah, I'm like... There's some people are saying, what are those? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Are there any somewhat decent ones? It's <laughs> yeah. the ones... The ones that aren't hot, hot, hot garbage. The ones that are that you can watch. Yeah, the one that doesn't <laughs> do a, a time jump thirty minutes into the movie. Yeah. Um. Uh. But I think of something like that because I thought at the very least they did Mister Fantastic right for the most part in terms of his powers. Um. Yeah. For that. For that era, like the CGI on him was pretty good. Yeah, it was good. So, I expect to see something similar to that. Um, and, uh, just uh, funnier, you know, maybe, maybe that, but mixed with like Ant-Man kind of humor. Yeah. This could be their Ant-Man. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. Cause it's so goofy, you know? So that's what I'm thinking. We'll see here, um, uh, with plastic man and, and I mean, I'm down for it. Plastic man is always kind of a joke similar to Ant-Man. So, <laughs> uh, we'll see, uh, we'll see what they can do with plastic man, I guess. And Kendall, I feel like we're starting to get. The picture for what DC is going to look like is crystallizing if this is another project that they're, they're doing. We have Birds of Prey, which Harley Quinn, I mean, excuse me, not Harley Quinn. She is Harley Quinn. But Margot Robbie said this week, just flat out said, this movie's not that serious. And that's why the title is this long, ridiculous title. So right. we have Birds of Prey. We have uh, Blue Beetle. Not a dark character. Not a character that's super serious. We have now this film. Now, we do have the Joker film, which is very dark, probably. But three of the four films that we've kind of heard about or things that are in production, they're very different than what we've seen from DC. And we've got Shazam coming out, too. And Shazam is coming out, and we know what that's going to be. One Woman 84 is coming out. That's not going to be a super dark story. The first one wasn't. So... There's a there's a shift happening in DC. That's hearing this story now come out with this is like oh, the Hamada change is in effect. 
Do you agree? Yeah, you can definitely. Yeah, you can definitely see that wave. Uh, and you even look at the movies that like aren't really happening anymore. You know, Nightwing <laughs> got rid of more or less. Uh, you know, whoever diddly squat about Justice League Dark. Yeah. We're hearing about as a ton of movies. We're not hearing nothing about Justice League Dark. So like, clearly they're 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 moving away from certain types of movies and now trying to. Light yeah, the only stuff. movie that they're doing that is like that that definitely has progress is Joker. We don't we don't know anything about that's the Batman. Not really, we don't know anything about the Batman. Really uh, yeah, and that, the Joker thing is not even, even part of this. It's not connected. But and then you even look at uh, Suicide Squad two. They moved uh, James Gunn onto it. Which yeah, now is invoked right. comparisons to Guardians. So I mean. Uh, there is there. You can tell there may be a tonal shift going on at, at DC. I, I I'm still skeptical. You know, whenever I hear a DC movies in development, uh, but it's it's actual future. Um, and then you also look at the Flash, another one that's in de- that's still going on. Uh, that we expect to come out as well. We expect that one to be very humorous. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting observation. Uh, I think Plastic Man could be, you know, Inspector Gadget-esque if they do it that way. But uh, a lot of good CGI stuff they could do with that. Uh, could probably do a good story. Um, I don't know. I don't know what his overall, like, upside is. Like, I don't think you can have a Plastic Man universe. But for one movie, you know. I mean, if you can do Ant Man, I think you can do Plastic Man, basically. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Ant Man, the Scott Lang character to me is like Plastic Man. He's a crook who gets who's a bad person. No, he's not. You know, he has some good in him, but he he he's a he's a criminal, and he's a reformed hero. He's formed into a hero, like to me. And I, I'm I'm I guarantee you, if this movie ever saw the day of light, they're gonna have the Marvel stands are like, haha, DC's copying Marvel, even though. Plastic Man is way older than Scott Lang. He's one of again 1941 when when he was established. He's one of the oldest superheroes we have in American uh, media. So, what about uh, Rubber Band Man? <laughs> <laughs> Smart brain, a Rubber Band Man. From the static shock. Uh, no no one, no one bought his uh, his album. That's why he went to cry. <laughs> Yo, you got you get screwed off by producers. <laughs> Uh, they, they're gonna they're gonna do rubber band man on black lightning when you watch <laughs> rubber band man yo yo static shock is crazy man yo i i work so much i really wish one of these days i get like a lot of time to just like watch these old shows like a static shock some of these don't join his classics man i have a kid i'm definitely gonna show him static shock and those that era of like wb11 wb11 in new york i don't know what it would be in somewhere else but uh the eleven shows that they show on the weekends, but um, but no, I I I I I dig the idea. I think it makes sense. It's humor. It brings a different light to DC that we that they've struggled with. They've struggled with these lighter tone movies. He's entertaining. Um, the CGI could be wacky and fun. It just it makes all the sense in the world. But the the tone shift is obvious. Before we were talking about Deadshot and Lobo. We there was no light in the movies that they were approaching with. The only one that had any kind of light was Batgirl. 
But who knows what they would have done with Batgirl? They could have exactly. yeah, they, they made Batgirl the darkest thing we've ever seen. Like, they could do it. With Zack, Zack Snyder in charge, that, that joint could have been one of the saddest things we've ever seen. Um, So, who's to say what we would have seen with these this universe moving forward? But the projects that were being talked about, we don't know if these projects are going to be announced. We don't know if the time's happening. We don't know if uh, Blue Beetle's gonna happen. We don't know if this is gonna happen. Well, Blue Beetle's kind of far in advance. They have a director and a writer, so that that's probably a little closer to being a reality. But Zatanna and this, we don't know about. But the idea that we have um, <laughs> there this... being a director is not the uh, as we saw with Nightwing. <laughs> it's not the nail in the coffin, or even Batgirl. Yeah. Well, yeah. So you get a cast. Once you get a cast, that's when casting is probably. I mean, look, Flash has a cast. Has a cast. Yeah, yeah. Flash had a cast. Still, it shows you yeah. just the, the state that again these the struggles DC has had over the last. Yeah, DC is like until you start filming, <laughs> that's when you're. Gonna I want to see a set photo. I want to see a, <laughs> a bad iPhone photo leaked out of someone in a suit. <laughs> until then, I'm not believing any DC movies happening. You know, I want to see a bad Joker film shot from a. From a galaxy, from a galaxy note from like, you know, three hundred feet away. If that if it ain't that, then it ain't a real movie. But um, but the but even though we've seen, you know, we don't know what the future is of these movies. Just the fact that the movies that they're now leaking instead of the movies they were leaking before, totally different. And it tells me that there is a new sheriff in charge. They have new ideas, and some of the stuff we heard before, the joints ain't happening. No, I don't know about Nightwing. We keep saying about that. I I said that I had great doubts about it after Chris McKay was like, "Keep hope alive." Basically, I'm like that's not very good. You saying keep hope alive about your movie? You signed on to do the movie. You should be the one who's most certain that it's gonna happen. They should be paying you. You signed the contract, so he's saying keep hope alive. That ain't good. Uh, but these projects that we're hearing about now, they're a lot different than what we were hearing about before. Uh, we're supposed to get Man of Steel too, right? Or is that like I'm making that? No, man, so two is dead. Yeah, it's dead. Oh, dead? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Cavill's, Cavill's gone. And actually, Amy Amy Adams this week said that she doesn't expect to come back as Lois Lane. Yeah. She was like, the the the, 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 the what she, for under her understanding, they're revamping the universe. So. Yeah, we are getting Supergirl. Yeah. Reported. Yeah, man, still two, that, that, that's not happening at all. Um. So we're at the part of the show where we do our show recaps this week. So considering we have the massive crossover, I think it made sense for us to do Flash and Arrow uh, and Supergirl heading into the crossover. Of course, we're recording this show on Sunday, which means the first part of the crossover has aired. Um, I mean, Toronto will be watching that very soon after this podcast is over. We're trying to get you guys to lead up into the into the the, uh, the crossover and our thoughts on the most recent episodes of these shows. Uh, you want to start with? Uh, let's start with Flash, I guess. Um, let's start with Flash. Or should we do? Should we go in order? I guess the order doesn't really matter because none of the shows really like led yeah. you into it. So let's start with Flash. Um, the last episode, the 100th episode, uh, took the team on. Well, it really took Nora and Barry Nora on, and, Barry. and on a pretty crazy mission. In kind of putting pieces together in an effort to put together something that could beat Cicada. 
what they had to do, but what they were trying to do was ridiculous. But the story exposition and the moments we got because of what they were trying to do were great. Uh, those moments of him going in the past were just really neat. Um, I was a little disappointed in the black in the in the in the Zoom showdown. Once Zoom saw, once he went face to face with Zolomon, I hoped that there was a bit a real fight, not like a run, and then you know when the time remnants gets him, you know, I'm wondering what that means for the past. You would think that that should have made a massive change if he somehow fought Barry in the future, <laughs> but I don't know. This show is time travel they kind of lost it really ridiculous but yeah they they lost <laughs> they lost around man that's why i need that soundboard kendall you know what i you know what video i saw recently kendall i saw that video after like cousins scored like 56 and then yeah. he almost got ejected he was like this is really ridiculous it's yeah, really it's ridiculous really, it's really ridiculous <laughs> i need to get that sound man that that would really, like whenever i'm mad about something i need to just play that joint that video is funny but um shout out to boogie cousins he's trying to come back with the warriors but Nah, man. This uh, the 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 whole thing of we gotta put this thing together. And we need these different pieces from these different fights. I mean, that was ridiculous. Uh, and the Zalman fight was disappointing. But every other moment from those flashbacks, great. The show, the 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 interactions between him, with, man, Barry and uh, or I guess really Grant and Kavanaugh when he zoomed. It's magic. Or when he's a uh, uh, well, well, professor, professor Zoom or, of course, Eobarthon. When he's Eobarthon and Barry, of course, you know, Grant, of course, is playing Barry. Like, that, like, you got, you saw that magic and you're like, this is why I love this show. Like, these two, there's something special when it's these two in these roles. And the fact that they were able to catch that magic in such a short bit of time was crazy. Uh, that was one of the highlights of the scene for me. Um, some of the little Easter eggs that were thrown in there, uh, you know, uh, Eobard calling her, calling Nora Dawn, who, Dawn. Oh, yeah, you saw that, right? That was kind of crazy, because Dawn is supposed to be one half of Barry's twins in the comics that become speedsters. Nora is not someone we are familiar with, so where is he getting Dawn from? Is Nora actually Dawn? Is she not telling them something? Is Dawn is is does she have does she have a twin that's named Dawn? Because mm. Eobar refers to one of you. So th- there's a lot of stuff that's crazy that's happening. The timeline just so changed that this is someone from just a different timeline. Uh, and there are a lot of questions after the episode when we see that she has some kind of working relationship with Eobar Dawn uh, from 2045. So it's a lot to take away from it, Shamari. Uh, what were your takeaways from the Flash 100th episode? I thought it was great going back, uh, uh, kind of going back and seeing these, those different um, villains. Um, I didn't ha- really have an issue with the Zoom thing, though. I do agree. I I, I thought there was going to be some kind of ramifications yeah. of him just seeing them and having a battle. I'm like, whoa, they must have really messed stuff up, and then nothing happened. But <laughs> but I was like, all right. Um, but I thought it was really cool. Um, you know, it was it was kind of a reminder of how scary each of these guys are, you yeah. know, Savitar included. You know, when they were fighting him in the, in those woods, I'm like, oh my god, you know. <laughs> I mean, please don't let them see him. Uh, yeah. Um, and even uh, uh, it was funny when even when um uh, Dawn 
brought up how he's like, listen, you know, your your dad. She was, I think she was talking to her. She's like, your dad talks about how bad I am, but the worst villain was actually him, a version of him. Mm, yeah. Which I'm like, wow, you know, that's kind of true. Yeah, Nora learned some things. Was it, was it really? <laughs> I mean, Savitar is bad, but. <laughs> I mean, got, I, don't know. I mean, Savitar in one in one universe kills Iris, so he's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. he's bad in uh, more ways than uh, one. <laughs> he's bad in kayfabe and non kayfabe. If you're a wrestling fan, yeah. you know what I mean by that. But yeah, like it was a, uh, it was cool though. Uh, it was cool. I didn't, I didn't really have any, uh, any big problems with it. Though I, I agree. I didn't, when they explained why they were going back, I was like, what? And I was like, all right, whatever, just go back. <laughs> you know? Um, and I thought how Cicada was just kind of just, like, just broken with his thing. Okay. He called it back from, like, yeah. the moon. We got to talk, C- like, talk about Cicada, Kendall. And I'll let you talk about the whole episode. I'm out on this, dude. You're done? I'm done. You're out. <laughs> Kendall, so I got to tell you guys a story. Is it another devote? And I feel like we should do this more often. We tell stories Devo. about how we watch this stuff. <laughs> I'm watching this episode. Of course, you guys know I was not home all week. I had a special assignment in New York City. So I was in New York City all week. I'm watching it in my girlfriend's apartment. I'm watching this episode. It's a really good episode. But I'm at the point where, you know, they approach Cicada. And he's talking. My girlfriend walks in. Shout out to Andrea Lynch. Love you, baby. Um, She walks in. She sees him talk for 15 seconds. All she says is, this acting is terrible. And I'm like, I know. I'm sorry. I don't know if it's this dude's direction. Because the, there was a problem with the previous episode, which was his origin story. I don't know if it's his direction. I don't know if it's him. So I want to make that clear. I'm not, I don't want to make it a personal thing about him or the director. But there's something wrong with his portrayal of this dude. He delivers his lines like he doesn't remember them. The way he speaks is weird. I thought it was a thing with Cicada. Then I saw how he was before he was Cicada. He speaks the exact same way. He speaks in these random pauses. He looks like someone that's acting. He does not look like someone that's in character. He has this pained... He does this pained shtick that just comes off so rehearsed. Like, it's like badly rehearsed. Not like rehearsing that, like, oh, it's it's like... It's not robotic. It's a, it feels like someone who's like drudging through the performance. This character is awful. And I, when I'm watching this fight, I'm like, yo, I please tell me that this is like the end of him and we can get to some other villain. And when I saw that that was not the case, he flew away on his crazy. Flew away. I mean, which we didn't know he could do that. Um, oh, yeah, no, right. Literally flew away with his dagger. I was so disappointed because I was like, man, I was really hoping this would be the end of this guy. Kendall, am I wrong? on this? this guy, I think he's the worst villain they've had. I know it's very early for me to say that, but his acting is so bad. At least the the guys who played um, the, the guy from last season, DeVoe, DeVoe <laughs> the, I didn't say the acting was bad. What they were having him do was stupid. This, his, this guy's performance is not good, and it's distracting. Kendall, what do you think of Cicada? Uh, it's tough. I mean, for me, I still haven't like. I mean, they gave us a lot. I I, I thought his backstory was all right. Um, 
I thought the backstory was good too. It's yeah. the perf- it's him. It's the performance. They could have put any other African role. I think it would have been. I would have loved it. His performance yeah, is I mean, distracting. The, the acting's a little rigid. Uh, I I don't know. There are a lot. Uh, there are a lot more worse things. I feel like to me to for me to pick apart where it feels like. I mean, the performance. I've become I've become less concerned with the acting performance unless they're like. God awful. Which I, I mean, think he's god could, awful. You think he's god awful? He's god awful, Kendall. Watch you him know, again. I, I, you guys are gonna watch him again after we're done with this crossover. We come back in January when the shows come back. You guys are gonna see exactly what I'm talking about. I guarantee you, he's that bad. Yeah. Um. I mean, I can see where you're coming from from like a distance. Uh. I I feel like with Cicada. He clearly, and this is something we talked about last time we talked about the Flash. Was like I, he clearly can't be a season long though. I mean, well, I think not, you're in for a rude awakening. He, he's not. I don't think that. <laughs> oh. I said, but remember, I made the bold prediction that Dawn would play a role as a villain. Did say that, and mm. I, I'm feeling more and more confident that he's going to end up being the villain. Um, you know, I feel like. This show can't really run properly without a speedster villain and Cicada, and I, I, and that's not fair because I feel like they, if they did it correctly, they could do not a non. Yeah, they only tried it once. Well. Yeah, they only tried it once and they failed, and I guess they they're gonna fail. We can't. Well, now we gotta go back, but I think that's what's gonna end up happening. Uh, Cicada though is not. You're right. I mean, he's not a good enough villain. I guess I I I'm less upset at the character because I'm not convinced that he's the, he's the guy last guy. So, like, I'm more like, eh, for what he's supposed to be, what he's supposed to be, which is, like, you know, your first arc, first half villain, he's fine. But if if we if you tell me there's another 18 episodes of this nonsense, then, yeah, I'd be a little upset. I mean, I don't know, Shamari. I felt like, I'm curious what you think. I felt like on what should have been a banner, excellent episode, he dragged it down as soon as he showed up. Like, I don't know what I would have rated this episode out of ten, yeah. but as soon as he showed up, it was like this is at least a point lower. Because yeah. like that that whole fight scene, everything about it was just awful. His acting is terrible. His dagger is broken. It's just the worst. Everything about it was like this guy is terrible. Like I, I can't I, deal with this guy anymore. I feel like I feel like for me it was Devoe, not from you, Cicada. Yeah, yeah. How you felt about Devoe last season? Yeah, is I, probably feel, I feel like it's basically like reversed. I, I'm done with this. I feel guy. like it's basically reversed now. I don't hate. I don't hate his acting. Or may, I don't know. Maybe I just haven't paid enough attention. I to think it. you guys have not paid but, attention. But to like, it. you know, I. But it hasn't been something that was a problem for me. Um, I was just curious about his story, which I think is okay. Um, but I think his powers are broken. I think his, you know, his story is all right, but it kind of there isn't anything really deeper to it. It's kind of very simple. Yeah, and I thought he, it kind of went from zero to one hundred when he was just like, you know, he kind of wakes up, his daughter's hurt, sees Meta's on the news, and he's Cicada now. You know, he's a, he's a dagger, and he's like, now I'm Cicada. He's like, Meta must die, and then it's like, now he's Cicada. And I'm just like, yeah, All right. like he had no like criminal background. Yeah, no criminal background. You like, know, he just like become Cicada. I feel like some, one of these things. One of the things this show like. 
like overlooks and so a lot of shows overlook sometimes is like you have I feel like some guys you need like an instinct to like do to like be like a villain and then like do it like without being sloppy you know without messing up you know, I mean this guy I mean from what we saw like they didn't know who he was they couldn't track him <laughs> they like they they couldn't find him and I'm like it's not like this guy was some expert hacker or some expert like criminal yeah you know or anything like He's just some guy that was just angry. He was like, "All right, now I'm superpowers, so now I'm going to be some." It's like the you know, la- it's like a lazy it's like a lazy version of what Supergirl did with with Agent with, with Agent, Agent Liberty. Liberty right? Mm. It's like, oh, he has a me- a personal gripe, but like it doesn't have any of the nuance that like the right. Liberty thing had. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, uh, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't like Cicada. Uh, it has less to do with his acting. For me, it's more just the character and the fact that there isn't really much more to the character. He's just hurting metas, and the story is very simple, and his dagger just doesn't make sense. What no. he's able to do with that dagger does not make sense. And they're not, they seem to not really care about explaining it. No. Like he's just he's, not at all. He's calling the dagger back from space. <laughs> no one's like, how I mean, is he doing that? That's just the most. That's gotta be one of the. How most is he doing that? They've done on Flash, and that's saying a lot. <laughs> you know, like yo, when that happened, that was that was the moment. That was the moment where I was like, this is some BS. Yeah, yeah and also that was, that was, I got. I was like, and also what? Go ahead. Can I? I was thinking was like. Why didn't Cisco chuck that joint to like Earth Eight? Exactly. <laughs> I said the exact same thing. I'm like, I'm like, he put it in space. Why did he just put it in Earth Two? Which yeah, that was some nonsense. I mean, I mean, maybe he doesn't know where he was throwing it. But Kendall, like, like they, this so plan was ri- this plan was like they had a plan. This wasn't like oh we just fighting yeah. out of nowhere and like I'm just going off the cuff. Like it was Cisco's turn to execute the plan, and his part of the plan that they all talked about was like. Put it in space. Didn't yeah, who was, was it? With, um, yeah. Didn't like, Barry throw gonna... something in a speed force once, like with someone, and that yeah. made sense. It was like, oh, speed force. Yeah, he can't get it there. Yeah. Um, it was something with Zoom. I think I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right there. Yeah. Like that was smart. Oh yeah, like only a very few people can get into the speed force. Like that's gonna be hard to like accomplish. Like anyone, get, like, like he, Cicada can get to space. Like it may take some time, but like. It's not completely out of the realm of possibility. It's not like something that's fantastical, like the Speed Force or another dimension. So, yeah, I mean, Kendall, you were 100% right. I said the same thing. Yeah, there were a lot of yeah, there were a lot of moments like that, but that was that was the one that really uh really frustrated me. Um that and like we talked about the time travel thing when they were when he was talking to Thawne. And, like, even they were, like, making, like, inside jokes about, like, this time travel thing is, like, a joke. It was, like, for me, I was, like, Look, you guys can throw in the writing that, like, time the time travel makes no sense. But, like, it's still, like, I mean, they could literally just write in any character they want. They could kill off any character and they bring them back whenever they want. There are no, there are no, like, rules. I remember when the Thon like, was erased from the timeline yeah he was erased from timeline on legends but like he yet he shows up every season <laughs> in a different form and it, like it makes sense in theory but like why was it such a big deal that he was erased from the timeline yeah he was erased when from the timeline at one point and then he came back and then on the legends he was killed by black flash so yes. and then he like disintegrated 
So how he shows up in 2045, I don't know. Um, but to be fair, and now this is not a cru- this is not a crush they should use, but like to be fair, he shows up a lot in the comics when you think he should be dead and doesn't make any sense. Right. So this is kind of also his thing, but that doesn't excuse the lazy Yeah, the last lazy comic writing doesn't excuse excuse <laughs> lazy TV writing. TV writing, which is what we've seen with Dawn's situation. And that before we know we got we run out of time, so we got to move on. But lastly, what is what do we think his deal is? Why? What is his deal with him and Nora? Quickly. Um, I have no clue. I have absolutely no idea. Yeah, that's no, everyone cool. seems to be at a loss. That was a surprise. I don't think anyone. Oh, some people were like thinking. I had heard theories that Nora was like low-key evil or like doing something. Yeah, that she was shady. working with someone. I didn't hear Thawne's name come out that much. I think I maybe heard it a couple of times, but it was a little surprising. I, I think that somehow Thawne pitched to her. That I can help you keep Barry from ever leaving, but in return she has to do something for him, which is why she's taking all these notes on them. She's speaking in this whole language that only he knows. There, I think there's some kind of trade off that's happening, and I think she learned. You no, know, she finds out that she didn't know that Thawne killed her grandmother. So right. that was like, I think that's why she goes back. Is like we gotta talk, fam. Like I'm helping you out for me, but like. You kill grandma, word. Like, there's clearly some kind of, you know, uh, silent alliance, which is my favorite. <laughs> Not quite silent, but um, but some kind of alliance that's being, uh, uneasy alliance that's happening here. I don't think Nora's evil or that she's, like, twirling thumb, twirling her, her mustache, so to speak, in, like, you know, some evil plot for Thawne. I think that Thawne's probably wants something very evil, and he's manipulating this young girl, and uh, she wants her dad back. So she knows she's probably manipulated, but she's like, I got to get him back and then just whatever the ramifications are, I got to deal with them. That's yeah. my take. But who knows? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's a good guess. That's, you know, um, I heard other people say that maybe like the fact that her twin, like when he mentioned her name was Dawn, that maybe her twin is missing because of what she did to the timeline. And maybe Dawn is his only way, her way to get her twin back. Mm. So maybe that is also the issue. Because she did allude to some issue being wrong with her timeline. But then she said, no, I just want to be here. Which, that could be a lie. Right. You know. So, yeah. it go a lot of ways. But I thought it was a dope ending to the to the, to the the episode. And kind of dope ending to the, dope ending to the mid-season portion of uh, Flash. We'll see how the rest of the season shakes out. Let's quickly go through Arrow, guys. Um, the Arrow, uh, the episode on, in, in the, the, the prison break episode... Where uh, where uh, Diaz enters a prison, that is a classic. I think that was one of the best episodes that was produced. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I think that that's a Jenny nominee potential episode this season. Uh, I love that episode. I wish we would have been able to talk about it the week it came out. That's how great it was. Um, but we now know from that whole situation, Oliver is now free. Yeah, it took him a while. You know, he had like five hours to get out of prison, and then Diaz showed up, and we didn't know if he was even gonna get out of there. But uh, he he finally did defeat Diaz, and now he's free. He's back home. Um, and this story kind of really starts to move forward away from, somewhat away from Diaz. We see the whole proposition between him and uh and uh and Diggle, and um and and Lila, which I think may be a, a reforming of Task Force X. But uh, 
but Oliver's kind of moving forward with his work as the Green Arrow of the CCPD, which is a, a new situation that we've never seen him in on this show. He's a vi- not a vigilante. He's a Green Arrow, but he actually works for the city. Right. Uh, Chamari, what do you make of where uh, Arrow is headed at this point in the season as we head into the the crossover? I'm liking where Arrow is headed. You know, I've I haven't had any problems with this whole season. I think they've it's been paced well. You know, when we got tired of the prison, they left the prison. Yeah, in a very epic epic fashion. It was epic. Yeah. So I really think they're they're pacing this story very well. Um, the only thing I'm not I haven't been loving is this new Felicity. But yeah, it's the cheesiest thing. You know, it's the cheesiest thing they're doing right now. Yeah, really cheesy. Really, you know, cheesy kind of thing. Oh, I've changed. Yeah. I'm a new person. You well, then you're just gonna have to live in. It's like the, new, right. the old Felicity is dead. Yeah, it's, it's like, like oh, oh, oh man, oh, that language. Yeah, oh my oh, god, yeah, CW. This is really bad. Overly dramatic. And like, like Felicity's kind of overly dramatic. So like, you can you can. You can argue that like maybe this is how she would actually act, but like again, it doesn't mean yeah, but it doesn't mean that's what people want. You to don't see. yeah, and like, people don't want to see that. No one wants to see that. So it's like all right, whatever. But basically everything else I've liked, you know, these flash forwards, you know, they're kind of seem to be kind of leading towards somewhere that that may be interesting. Still going very slow. Going very slow, but, but we, we're know, moving. We're moving. Apparently, we're gonna get Renee in the glades. Yeah. So I mean, that's gonna be pretty cool. Um, you know, so, so what so, happened with him and his daughter? Yeah, yeah, it's very because uh, the daughter aligned with Canary. Yeah, so so that, so that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be pretty cool to see. So we got that reveal at the end of the new Green Arrow, Emiko Queen, Emiko Queen. Now, like, what do you got? What do you guys think about that? Kenna, what do you think of the reveal? Uh, yeah, I had heard this being thrown out as a possibility that, uh, that the Green Isle is going to end up being his sister. Uh, it's, I got to see the story. I mean, I, I don't love it, but I got to see the way they explain it. Uh, it could end up being a good story, but there's just a lot of, uh, a lot, a, a lot of, you know, very skilled assassin archer, you know, <laughs> people that are connected to the Queen family and that <laughs> in Star City just running around, just running like, around. Where's like it's Roy? No, it's Nia. No, it's Diggle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> literally, be like ten Green Arrows. Like that. That should. I feel like that shouldn't be the case. But, <laughs> I mean, maybe you can say, look, look, in the comics, there are there are like ten people that are capable of being Green Arrow, but I don't. I mean, I, that. Again, that's another thing where it's like the comics being one thing is less believable than the it's less believable than the TV version. But right. I mean, if they explain it well, they explain it. But like, you know, it could have been Shadow, could have been Talia Ghul, could have been Nissa Ghul, could have been Malcolm Rowan. People yeah. were saying Tommy Merlin, Roy Harper, <laughs> Tommy Merlin. I'm sorry, uh, I did not want no Tommy Merlin. <laughs> Don't the Tommy Merlin. <laughs> he was saying John Diggle. He was saying John Diggle Junior. Andy Diggle, people, people are saying everybody, man. So, people are saying Andy Diggle, but um, Andy that would Diggle, that would have been wild. Andy Diggle, I'm stop. I'm, I'm done with this show. <laughs> Don't be, people are saying Andy Diggle, really? <laughs> nah, no one was saying. Oh, I was gonna say. 
the out. Andy Diggles show up as a new Green Arrow. When they did the when they did the early when they did the early uh, <laughs> workout montage with Amico, I thought it was Baby Sarah. You thought? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because it was obviously someone who was mixed race, right? Um, and I thought it was Baby Sarah. I was like, oh snap. That would be crazy if somehow the pre-Flashpoint yeah. daughter of Diggle and Lila somehow got here and became the Green Arrow. That would be cre- crazy, you know. Um, but it wasn't. Uh, Emiko Queen. My My exposure to her is limited to just my early readings of the rebirth green Lan- green arrow comics i dug her character um it's an interesting pull it's a very new character to kind of insert into the arrow verse for a show that's still like the show is old but like like in theory the arrow the oliver queen character is still kind of in his infancy as a hero so the injury someone this early is surprising to me at least um it's also surprising because, okay, you have the Emiko Queen character who's Robert Queen's daughter. In the comics, her mother is Shadow. Shadow is dead. Or is she? Is she not dead? Is she alive somehow? And does she somehow have a created with Robert Queen? Could she have somehow no, had a queen no, with Robert Queen before no he met before he met Oliver? No. At that age? Doesn't seem to make any sense. For me. <laughs> no, it makes no sense at all. Yeah, that it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't add up somehow. But could Arrow do something crazy? Sure. It wouldn't be the first time they've done something crazy. Inverse.com had a pretty interesting article in regards to who this person could be. Uh, they listed four people. Uh, one of the people was Shadow. But then they also included... Do you guys remember Isabel Rokaf? Of course, yeah, man. Is that that was uh, she was connected to Deathstroke, right? Yes, she played by Summer Gall in yeah. season two. Remember, she alluded to having an affair and relationship with Robert Queen. Summer Gall, the actress, is part Asian, so could she have also had a kid with and did not tell anyone about that? That's a deep pull. But it, it's a, it, I mean, it's a deep pull. But it's not like, crazy. We talked about. Remember, we had, we had, we've had this discussion with Arrow before, with the whole Claiborne son. That's what thing, I was. Right? I was just we like, like well, that's that. a deep pull. I was like, like, no, Claiborne son. Like, oh. But they did it. Yeah, <laughs> like nobody cared, but they did. Yeah, it. Yeah, Arrow's not afraid to deep pull into the vault. They deep pulled in the vault with this episode. A dude even who was a throwaway villain. from the season one was the villain of an episode. Exactly. Or even uh, even William, you know that storyline. They hadn't touched that storyline for like four or five seasons. Yeah, and then they decided, hey, let's go, <laughs> let's go to the Oliver's illegitimate son storyline. You know, three, four just, seasons later, just insert him in like he's a regular. And so, like, they're not afraid to like go back to old storylines, even if people don't remember it. So, I mean, it's totally plausible that it could be Isabel Rokev's son or daughter, rather. Who went? So who was that? Uh, like, I, I, 
I feel like I should know who that is, but I'm just not going to. In the article, it says, in season two, Isabel failed to take over Queen Consolidated. Instead, she became Oliver, uh, uh, she, she and Oliver became partners. They, no, yeah, yeah, she was yeah. trying to take over the company. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Sure, it was like a hostile yeah. takeover type thing. Yeah, yeah, I got that. I remember now. And she, you know, was hooking up with Oliver. Yeah. Then yeah. Oliver found out she was in a, in a relationship with Robert. And, uh, that she said, you know, that she said Rob was going to leave her family for her, and so it was a whole ordeal. Right. Um, they also mentioned Talia Ghul. Of course. Mm, which I kind of would not like, but would also kind of make sense. Another, uh, it would make, I mean, it would make sense given, like... They love the Agul's on the show. They, they, yeah, which is why I don't want it to be an Agul, but... I mean, in terms they of did randomly race, introduce. They did randomly bring Talia back into the fold this season. In terms of skill level, would it make sense? Like, that's the only, I mean, and again, we're dipping back to the same well, but like, that's the only thing that would make sense. If you're like, oh yeah, she was, she knows how to do this because she was trained by the League of Assassins. Or, same, uh, and trained by the person that trained team. Oliver. We forget that exactly. Talia trained Oliver for a long time. But even then, we're, then we're going back to the same storyline we do with Prometheus. You yeah. know, it's like we have the same trainer, so we have the same skill set. And Oliver, I thought it, his words about. You know, when they said, like, you know, she was our grade almost as good as you. And he was like, it would have to take a, tr- a certain kind of training. So when I heard that, I was like, hmm, okay. Right. Who has Oliver been trained by? Uh, dude that, the Japanese dude that died in... Mei Pacquiao. <laughs> Yao Fei. Yao Fei. Let's not call him Mei Pacquiao. <laughs> uh, Yao Fei, Shadow, and Talia Agul. Shadow is dead. Yafei is dead. Yafei is not this woman's. Yo, Yafei, they still haven't brought Yafei back. I'm shocked. Yes, they have not brought Yafei back. He's and also. There's, there's only two characters in Arrow that have stayed dead Yafei and Robert Queen. And he's kind of pseudo been trained by Anatoly. Not necessarily in fighting, but in like approach to life. Right. So. And espionage. Yes. Only. Only one of the people that makes sense in regards to who could have trained him based on the storyline we're seeing is Talia. Which means, lazy me believe that's probably where they're going. Talia is a socialite. She intermingles herself into various different situations. Her be getting involved with some billionaire, not surprising at all. So that's my that's my early take about what happened. I don't know about where you, where you think, Sharon. I mean, the, you know, the gut. The first thing you think of is League of League of Assassins. Because that's where they've gone with this show for really everything for the past <laughs> for the past few seasons now. Has some know. sort of league origin. Always some some kind of league origin, you know. It's oh the League of Assassins, uh, or they're, they're going to show up in because you know they're going to show up in this season at some point. It's kind of like one of those things that you just kind of know is going to happen. Um. So this may be the way that that happens. Um, I would hope it's something else, though. But, my, I mean, my first guess is League of Assassins. Something League of Assassins related. Or s- someone with the le- involved in the League of Assassins was involved with Robert Queen. <laughs> and that's where she came from. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the Tally thing just seems like it has to be what it is. Though, I will say... We see this, there's some kind of fracture right now in the Felicity-Oliver relationship again. 
if there was any person that could make that fracture more interesting is if Shadow showed up. She's the only person that can make that interesting. So, not interesting in that I'd want to see that love triangle, but that, like, who could drive a farther wedge. There's no one who's, there's no one alive or dead who would make that more of a situation than if Shadow showed up again. How she would have a daughter who's this old, none of that would make any sense. So that's why I don't think that's the answer, but just trying to set up, trying to see, okay, what they're setting up and what would make sense moving forward. That's an angle I would at least think about. Um, and who's Black Starred? I don't know. I have no idea. It'll also be something she's, I've heard that she's Maya. I don't know what that means. Well, I think that's her name in the show, right? Right, but who is Maya? I, I feel like there are people online who know more about that. I think it's probably like a, it's a Green Arrow pull that I'm not as familiar with his right. no, cast of characters in the comics that maybe people will be familiar with, but I don't know. I, I you know, When I first saw her, I first thought that it was, it was Katie Lott's point. I thought it was a White Canary. Right. Because it was kind of dark, and I couldn't see what that's all. Oh, wait, that's not her. Well, I knew, because I had known that the uh, actress was blonde. So when they said it was Blackstar, I saw a blonde girl like, fighting. I was like, oh, this is the girl you've been uh, waiting to drop. Yeah. I was surprised when the other girl, when the new Green Arrow was like Asian. I was like, oh, so it's not the blonde girl. Just soon that's who it was going to be. But uh, makes sense now. Because yeah, I believe they said this other girl is going to be a series regular. Yeah, Captain like, McNam- Mc, uh, McNam- Mc, uh, McNamara. right? Yeah, McNamara. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, mean, I, mean, um, I expect her to be someone of note. I'm just not sure quite who that will be yet. Uh, last show of the day, night, guys. Uh, Supergirl. So, we finally got Mr. Agent Liberty behind bars through some work between... Uh, it's kind of a random team-up we got with... My, with not Mono, uh Brainy, Kara, and Mia. And we learned that Mia, I was dead wrong. You guys were right about her having some kind of abilities. And it, it relating to her sleep. I thought it was, I thought they were trying to tell an actual story. Silly yeah, me. Yeah, Silly yeah. me. I thought they were trying to tell an actual story of like a, a transgender woman adjusting to, you know, life in a new city. And it was like, oh no, it is superhero related. But, okay, fine. But, um, but. He yeah, he there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I clearly <laughs> didn't put into into consideration. Oh yeah, this is CW. They they're gonna they're gonna muck this up in some way. So that's what they did with this. They made it a little more complicated than I think maybe it had to be. But it was for storyline purposes. It advanced the story. Um, so they work together and they end up kind of as a team working together to put away not only uh, Agent Liberty but they also put away Manchester Black who. Was on just like a killing spree, basically. He was wilding, yeah. Well, man, that's a black. Is this is who he is? I think the actor's done a good job playing him. Um, yeah, yes. Uh, I like I like the actor. I kind of uh, white glove John. <laughs> white glove John. Oh, shout out to the actor that plays. Manchester Black. Uh, I think he's done a good job, but putting uh, and Agent Agent. Uh, I keep wanting to say Agent Zero every time. Um, putting Agent Liberty away may have done, at least for the short part, more harm than good. 
uh, it seems like the people are kind of on his side and that, you know, him being put away for his beliefs, they think is wrong. I was a little surprised they went that way. I thought they were kind of moving him out the way to then put in another villain. But it doesn't sound like he's going anywhere. So any thoughts on where the Supergirl seems to be headed with this situation? Agent Zero is locked behind bars, but now he has a lot of fans, including his wife, which is pretty What I'll say about uh, Agent Liberty is that we talked about we talked about a couple times on the show, like, you know, he's a hero in the comics. You know, he's not a villain. And I think in, initially we thought, oh, they're just going to make him a full-on heel. And he is a heel, but in the public eye, he's now, like, a hero to a certain demographic. True. Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting way of spinning that, where it's like, oh, yeah, Agent Liberty, let's go. You know, I mean, from our point of view, he's a villain. And from the the point of view of Supergirl. But um, in the public eye, he's, for some people, a hero. So that's that's the only thing I have to say about Agent Liberty is that that's an interesting way they spun that. Yeah. Um, the question, where for Agent Liberty? Liberty I did think that there was that interesting phone call he had with the person saying that, you know, he couldn't, he needed to put Agent Liberty away and that, like, this wasn't working. I think that's Lex Luthor that's he's talking what I was, to. I knew you were going to say that. Really? He's definitely talking to Lex Luthor. Wow. Luthor, I think, is bankrolling this guy's whole deal. He's put him in this position. He's Everything that's happened. I saw that scene. I was like, oh, this is where they're going with this guy. I, I'm almost positive that he was talking to Lex Luthor. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I'd say I'm about, like, 85%. That's Lex Luthor. You know, I'm pretty sure that that's Lex. So that's how they're going to introduce him. And he's gonna have some kind of hand in this Agent Liberty stuff, and this is what this is what Lex believes, and this is what he is. Yeah, so it makes sense. That and how many times, and it matches perfectly with you know, Supergirl loves to be timely and loves to kind of bring you know real life into their show. How many times we talk about these TV personalities and or, or these right wing people Oops. being bankrolled by? Some right wing zealot who's like under the radar that we don't know much about them. A Mercer, a Coke brother, one of these dudes. I think Lex is playing right into that role and it would make a lot of sense. It would be very it would very much make it relatable to the times we live in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean Yeah, they're doing a lot. Um I do feel like I do feel like they played up the Agent Liberty like fan club thing a little mu- a little bit uh too much. Like I don't know if there'd be like a rally of I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm underestimating the I thought the same thing, but then I thought that too. I think we're underestimating Maybe I'm underestimating. But I I watched it all like, if were this guy was that a happened. legitimate criminal that's going to jail, I don't think it would be this like, you know, Patriot is probably not the right word, but this, like, you know, there, I don't think there'd be this much pride from that side about, like, yeah, Agent Liberty, you know, like, maybe not, like, maybe in the streets, but not, like, right, you know, not outside the prison or outside the jail or the penitent, wherever he's going. Like, so that's the only thing I was, like, you know, they wanted to, they wanted to obviously show something, symbolize something, but, you know, I feel like the gifted would have been a little more realistic in how, how they would have told that story. I mean, I think this. I mean, I think this shows to just taking a really dark route in general. Yeah, and showing a really, really dark, dark uh, version yeah. of 
America. Yeah, I mean, the pre- <laughs> I mean that presidential scene where he kind of lights into Supergirl is not. I mean, it's very. Some of this stuff is a little over the top. I thought the Asian delivery thing was a little over the top. I thought the president thing was, I think, was a little bit over the top. The fact it's that crazy. He- I mean, our president is a reality star now, so maybe it wasn't that over the top. I thought, I thought he's like, I my poll numbers are going down. I was like, would a president really say that to like a superhero? I, I know, like, that's a like a completely that's a question that we'll never know the answer to. But like, I did ask that question myself. I'm like, I don't know. That just seems like a weird thing, in a way, like. My poll numbers say that this is not good. Like, would they really? Would he really say something like that? But I don't know. I I do feel like they've taken some Trump. Oh yeah, interest, absolutely. Uh, Trump traits with this guy. And it's just funny how like when he first introduced him, he seemed like a very normal yeah, dude, and like that has gone way left. Maybe went full Trump. <laughs> and it's crazy because this guy was the vice president of like this person who was pro supergirl and pro alien so it's like how did we get this right i think that also was a little weird didn't yeah, make much sense you would think that the get, person uh, would be more in line huh she had to get certain states linda carter uh, <laughs> uh, she, she she knew she was gonna get her state she was like i had to get i had to get the uh southern states yeah i had no chance in ohio if i didn't if i didn't in in, in the rust belt but <laughs> i didn't, didn't align myself with this guy yeah that that part of it seemed a little strange to me but um uh, any other any other thoughts on this uh, Supergirl episode? Um, what do we think of I, I you know what do we think of Lena's situation? Yeah, they they that that had a lot of uh, a lot of scenes. I thought I, the first scenes with that kid were actually pretty good. I did. I got to the point where I I I was disappointed that kid died. Yeah, I kind of yeah. like wanted to see that kid have powers and like see what would have happened. I, I thought but that, I think that was the point. They did a good job with that. Yeah, I thought they did a really good job with that story. Um, that kid did do a really good job acting. Um, but I think, you know, killing them off the way they did, I think is part of the story they're trying to yeah. tell. So, so, um, I'm willing to just wait and see where they're going to go with that. Yeah. And I, it totally was not like a, for me, I wasn't like, you know, saying, like, oh, they messed up. It was just like, wow, this was really well done. And he died. Yeah. Like, and he died. I was like, damn. Dak, yeah. Like he died. Like, I, I was looking forward to like him being a character on the, on the show. So, uh. So no, I, I enjoyed those scenes. We'll see how that affects Lena. I expect that we're, there's gonna be a lot of human death that she's gonna have to cope with, and I think that she's gonna and like, I think she will break through. But then like once they learn about the human she sacrificed, basically, that's gonna be that could possibly end up being the straw that breaks the camel back and maybe kind of separates her from the rest of the group because mm. you know they're all very pro life, so to speak, in regards to like saving everyone and trying to be. Uh, as noble as possible and like lena while she's trying to do something very noble is going about it very secretive and in a, in a way and that's, that's very dark you're testing human subjects um who are agreeing to die if it if it happens you know not seen it doesn't seem like something that jimmy or kara or her group would be something that she'd be they'd be quite fond of so right that's definitely uh i, I enjoyed that story a lot but uh what do we what do we think about um this uh crossover we got we got this crossover tease at the end of all these episodes. I know I was too tired of it. <laughs> yeah, I was really, I was like sincerely hoping after Arrow, like it'd be something or Flash, whatever the last one would, it'd be something different, and it wasn't. I was like, oh, oh man, same yeah, way. Every time. Yeah, same Power Rangers looking villain guy with the, with his oh, book. monitor. <laughs> yeah, with his book of spells, 
Yeah, it looks ter- it looks terrible. <laughs> Those <laughs> scenes looked really bad. They did oh, not maybe get man. excited for this crossover. That's what their plan was. Did you see the trailer? I haven't, I didn't watch the trailer because no, I've not nah. watched the trailer. But I, the little bit I see, like the commercial, I saw commercials through watching it, um, through watching these shows. The commercials actually look really good. Really, of like, I mean, black suit Superman stuff and. I, I saw a little bit of buzz on tonight's episode, browsing the internet, and apparently, I don't know, got people talking. So I'll, I'll know in a couple minutes when I watch it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think that the the crossover, it's a big undertaking that they're having. A lot of different characters. Uh, I have no idea what to make of it. Hopefully, we'll see the Legends of Tomorrow. I haven't seen those guys in a in a hot minute. They're not. I mean, they don't have an episode. They we God. could see them maybe, but but I don't. I don't think yeah. we will. Kind of glad, you know. We didn't force it to have to watch thirty episodes of Legends tomorrow. Yeah, we are so behind. I'm gonna try to catch up though. We all. We'll, we'll have a uh, we'll have a production meeting on how we'll handle Legends tomorrow. But yeah, because it will likely, in my eyes, uh, result in me skipping a lot of episodes. <laughs> Fast forwarding to season three. <laughs> um. I think that's a, a wrap till on today's show. This is a big episode this week, big news this week. I hope uh, you guys enjoyed listening. The people that were on YouTube that uh, came over to listen to the rest of the podcast, uh, thank you guys, of course, for for, appreciate for, for, for checking us out, um, especially if you never heard our podcast before. You just saw our YouTube video and wanted to see what the podcast was like. This is kind of content you get from us every week. Um, we record normally on Sundays. Shows usually out Sunday or Monday morning. And it's Hero Talk, man. We do news, uh, episode recaps of TV shows. It's, it's a really fun show. We have fun with it. hope you guys enjoyed listening. Um, and check out our uh, YouTube channel if you were there. Or for the listeners on podcasts that haven't listened to go on our YouTube channel, check us out. New Generation Media. Follow us on Facebook, New Generation Media. And on Twitter, at New Generation Pod. And on Instagram, at New Generation Podcast. Follow Shmari on, uh, on Snapchat and Instagram. MC Shad 22. Follow me on Twitter at EJ underscore Stewart and on Instagram at Action EJ. That does it for now. We'll be back next week with more Hero Talk. It's a big show next week. We got to talk about the Spider Man uh, Into the Spider Verse movie. Can't wait. And we got to talk about this crossover. So, massive show next week. It, the beat just keep going. Thank you guys. We'll probably be talking about a Spider-Man Far From Home trailer as well. Right. So this this it doesn't get. I mean, yes, it gets. I mean, it doesn't get bigger than Avengers first trailer, but next week is going to be pretty much as big, which is rare for back-to-back weeks. So if you guys enjoyed this podcast, check us out next week. We'll have more awesome content. But that does it for now. For Shamar, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Peace. <laughs>